previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. If you're a stable adult, basically, and your bills are paid, and sometimes people spend it recklessly, you can buy whatever you want most of the time. From Delaware, almost live, this is the Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. Welcome to episode 41 of the Sports Refuge, the weekly interview show where guests discuss their connection with sports. I'm your host, Earl Holland. This episode is slightly different as I'm doing a best of featuring the hosts of the Movies and a Meal podcast, Ben Penserga, Brad Wilkins, and Keith Demko. In this episode, we'll talk about our list of favorite sports movies with Ben and Brad. Then I discuss my favorite baseball movies with Ben, followed by a brief discussion with Ben and Keith about some of the movies that I'm looking forward to heading into the tail end of the year. And now, my deep dive with the Movies and a Meal crew. Just starting off with the podcast Movies and a Meal, which you guys can find on iTunes and Podbean. What led to the concept and the creation of the podcast? Well, our friend Keith, you know, we've all worked together. And, uh, you know, yeah. And Keith is a big movie buff, and, you know, I watch all uh, movies, and Brad watches superhero movies, not all movies, yeah. but we had kind of just organically started watching a lot of movies together, and then Keith one day was like, why don't we do a podcast? So, yeah, dude, Keith and Ben started it, yeah. and then I was invited after I saw a few movies with y'all yeah. in a row, and they were like, why don't you join us? And I'm like, well... Yeah. I mean, I don't see the amount of movies Keith or Ben see, but I see enough where they go, just come on. And I was like, well, yeah. you know what? I'll come see some. And yeah. it's, it's a fun time. I have a fun time. I mean, so. you know, Keith and I, you know, we watch a lot, but we were joking. There's that episode, of, I think it's a pilot episode of 30 Rock, where they're contemplating adding Tracy Morgan, Tracy Jordan to the girl show. And basically it's like, we need like a third heat. You know, Brad is the third <laughs> heat. Um, <laughs> And he kind of injects a little bit more energy and a different perspective than Keith and I have. Yeah. You know, a different viewpoint. And because a lot of times you don't watch some of these movies like us, so you're not conditioned to like look for these things. So you have a, yeah, there's sometimes a more honest and kind of a yeah. raw reaction than maybe Keith or I have. So yeah. It's been good. You know, we started summer 2017 on the uh, Bump app, and that's because it was just the easiest thing to do. And then Bump went away in March of 2018, and then we had kind of a hiatus. And eventually we picked it back up and got on iTunes in late July. So I was telling Brad that if I do my math correctly, we're going to record episode 24 today on February 10th. And then we'll have our 25th episode probably next week, uh, depending on what we see. So it's been fun. We eat a lot. I mean, it's just yeah. an excuse. I mean, I think we would have seen the movies anyway, but yeah. now we just are happy to be recording them. So exactly. We get to eat and talk instead of just talking. So that's always a good thing, in my opinion. We probably should incorporate it more because I think we don't like review the food. But it's just a way to kind of bring us together, I think. Instead of just sitting in like a room and just talking about it. I mean, it adds different restaurants and food joints have different environments. And in my opinion, sometimes it's... uh, got a little more of an active environment the music might be a little louder you got to adjust to that and then there's sometimes it's like a quiet area sometimes so i mean it's a different environment for each different restaurant we go to and it's interesting to just interact that with what we're talking about with the three of us or the two of us sometimes it's a good excuse for us to go out and eat basically and we're going to talk about movies anyway so all we're doing is just bringing a microphone to what we would probably do anyway I hope the restaurant doesn't kick us out. Which nobody has. Nobody has yet, yeah. I mean, occasionally you'll get somebody who will just notice that we're recording, whatever, but no one ever says anything. Yeah. 
So when it came to, I guess, picking locations to where you have your dinner and do the podcast, what are some of the places you've been to, especially, I guess, in the Salisbury, Maryland area? We all have our kind of favorites. Buffalo Wild Wings, even though it's usually packed. Usually we do podcasts on a Sunday, so usually Buffalo Wild Wings is packed on Sundays. But Buffalo Wild Wings, Ben actually introduced Chinatown Buffet to me, and I enjoy that one. But I know, Ben, you're... um, more of a... I like Lido's a lot. Yeah. I like the buffet. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he tends to lean a little bit. He likes this place called Yummy Asian, which, uh, Earl, you'll remember, it used to be number one Chinese buffet in Salisbury, the one that's next to Lido's. Oh, yeah, on the south side? It's not a buffet there. Okay. It's not a buffet there, but... Um, We've been to other places. Like, one time, I know we went to Crackle Barrel. Then that was a special Brad birthday episode. Yeah, I enjoyed me some Crackle Barrel. Yeah. And I know we went to, uh, what's, the, what's the name of the Asian place? Oh, yeah, there's, a, you know, yeah. I mean, we're trying in 2019 to kind of add some new places in there. Because we've been usually, I feel like it's, a, it's probably the same six places if you total up. But it's like Fruitland McDonald's, yeah. Boudin Palace in Fruitland, yeah. Lido's, mm-hmm. Yummy Asian, yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings. I think those are probably, Chinatown Buffet. buffet. Those yeah. are probably our top places to record. Is Yummy Asian a buffet still? Like the old number? It is. It oh, is. You can yeah. order the menu, but there is still the buffet back there. It hasn't changed. Okay. Menu. Yeah. Because last time I went there, it been years ago. The best thing about that place, of course, was the salt and pepper shrimp. And I feel like there's no other place. Maybe the Pokemon version of the actual remaining yeah. one China yeah. buffet. But yeah, I remember you and I went to Pokemon one time uh, to eat there because I know you raved about it. So. But yeah, and uh, I like it too. There's a throwback because I don't know what they call them now. Like when I was a kid in the cafeteria, we called them Dixie Cups. It's a little ice cream, so they're uh, like in a little cup there. They don't give you the wooden paddle to eat it off of, but uh, yeah, it's the get, same kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think I took, what, five of them? Uh, <laughs> I, I take advantage of the all-you-can-eat. So yeah. I, I take advantage of all-you-can-eat. Yeah. So. <laughs> they have a Homer Simpson, do you have? They <laughs> drag you out uh, yelling at you get all-I-can-eat. Yeah. They, um, yeah, in fact, uh, you know, once I record this, like, Brad and I are going to record a review for Lego Movie Part 2, and yeah. then, uh, I think we're going to have... Probably here, just because we're already here, and then we're going to go over to the Chinatown Buffet. I tell you, so. if you guys ever decide to come up here and do one, cheaper buffet on Sundays that is so much quality food, equal, maybe better than Chinatown Buffet, I feel like Teppanyaki yeah. Grill, giving them the shout-out, local yeah. businesses shop in Delaware. But, yeah, like, the price that you would pay for it, going to the Chinatown Buffet at night is yeah. actually yeah. far cheaper at this one because it's, like, on Sunday it's twelve ninety five. Wow. All yeah. day Sunday. I got you. And, and then yeah. on nights, it's like ten ninety five, ten ninety five oh. weeknights. Yeah. Gotcha. Pretty cheap. Yeah. I like the food there. A wide variety. And yeah. not, not many other good Chinese buffets. I've, I've tried a couple there. And yeah, I've been sadly disappointed with those. As gotcha. we move on to our discussion and topics of movies, I know, Ben, you sent me a list from the website Vulture of the 50. Yeah best sports movies and i had scanned through a little bit of them and some of them i'm wondering again we've learned that with movie criticism and criticism of anything in pop culture sometimes it can be very objective yeah and i don't understand what their rationality was for some of these other ones it's a very surprising list talking to brad before we start recording i won't say it is kind of snooty but it's 
just what the number ones are and yeah. some of the beloved sports movies like, um, like kind of deep in the list two, two classics that probably a lot of people if they saw it would probably put it at least in the top 10 was uh, Hoosiers and Rudy yeah they're way and down they're there. way down there Hoosiers I remember off my top of my head it's 22nd on the list yeah. and Rudy I believe is lower than that I think it's in the it's either in the high, 30s, high maybe. yeah, low 30s, high 20s. So, I mean, that's two staples that you would think most lists would have in the top 10. They've got them way down. And there, I can so. understand Rudy, but Hoosiers is a classic. I know there's the hot take from Spike Lee, I guess, before that Hoosiers is racist. I don't see that at all. I mean, it's a product of a time period, too. I you, mean. You're looking at a movie set in the 50s made in 1986 from 2019 eyes. Yeah. But I kind of disagree with that one. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. If we go from the top 25 down, I'm looking at... If, um, the top 10 is uh, basically, uh, they've got Slapshot ranked 10. That's a classic movie. Yeah. I mean, uh, Paul Newman is obviously one of the greatest movie stars of all time. Yeah. And it's a different role for... It'd be like... I'm trying to think of a contemporary... It'd be something like if George Clooney... I guess he did a little bit with something like Leatherheads, even though no one watched it. Yeah. Um, but if he just kind of went like totally against character and, yeah. and the hockey movie, I think that would be like what Paul Newman did. Yeah. And I mean, number nine is A League of Their Own, which is a good movie. It's classic. I, it's a classic I, movie. I don't know if it's top ten, but it's a real good movie. I mean, uh, it's very quotable. I think, yeah. you know. Tom Hanks puts a heck of a performance on. So I mean, no, There's no crying in baseball is yeah. in the lexicon, even if you've never seen the movie. Plus, it's got an eclectic you, know you know the quote, even though you yeah. may not have seen the movie. And the funny thing is, I look at that list of the top 25, I've seen maybe yeah. about fully six of them. The other bottom half of the 25... I haven't really glanced again, but I feel like I've seen a lot more of those movies. The Major League is one of your, if it's not like your all-time, I know it's really up there for you, Earl. How do you agree with the ranking there? I think, I think that's... Major League is actually 38. Yeah. So I assume, you, I assume you adjust to that and you think it should be higher. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. A ton of quotable uh, lines. Yeah. Yeah. Just the humor in that movie alone just makes it a good movie, in my opinion. A good sports movie just... It adds the backdrop of the Cleveland area, which is uh, hoping for a championship from any team. And, I mean, it, it adds a lot of backdrop to it. And I think it really makes for a good movie. I would definitely have it in my top ten. Major League would be yeah, in my top ten. Yeah, so. I think for sure. So, yeah, I was counting down the list, too. Or I think I've only seen, like, maybe, I think, around your type for the top 25, seven or eight on the list. I mean, if you want to. I just want to glance at the top ten. The top ten. It's a little. Yeah. Little well, there you go. Well, that's mine. So, uh, slap shot, a league of their own. Ollie's eight. Seven is the wrestler. Yeah. Six is pride of the Yankees. Five is Foxcatcher. Four is Bull Durham. Three is Rocky. Two is Raging Bull. And one is Hoop Dreams. Yeah. So that's the top ten. I mean, Hoop Dreams is fantastic. I remember watching it on VHS, and it's so long. It's three hours. It, it took two tapes, so you have to like put tape one and tape two in. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's a classic one. I don't really have any beef with that. I'm surprised Foxcatcher is a sports movie, but it's also really a drama. I mean, yeah, I guess there's kind of, there are straight sports movies like Major League yeah. and Hoosiers. And there's and there's like Foxcatcher and The Wrestler, too. The Wrestler yeah, is a, it's it's, drama, it's but a, it just has some sports in it. Yeah, so like Raging Bull as well. Raging Bull, it, it does focus on the boxing, but it's a lot more drama-oriented than like even Rocky. Rocky, yeah. I mean... I think there's only maybe like 15 minutes screen time total of Rocky that's actually in the ring. That yeah. might be a little more, but 
I mean, that movie was, I don't have it in the top of my head, but it's at least two hours long. So, I mean. There's arguments for them, too. I mean, Moneyball really doesn't have any baseball in it, but I think it's, and that one, in fact, I feel like is beyond sports, really. It's about kind of um, going against the grain a little bit and fighting against the system. And it's a good symbol of that. And that's what kind of makes that movie really good is yeah. that, you know, you're just like the A's. You know, they really portray the A's as really going against everything that baseball has done for years and being successful at it. And you can apply that same message to your work and just how you live and whatever you do that you don't necessarily have to get in line or, you know, do things because it's always been done that way. You know, you can try to think outside the box. And I look at some of these movies on the list. I believe it can be a very pretentious list just by looking at it. Yes. Yeah, in fact, I looked at a lot of lists that um, Fox Sports did in 2017, and the movie they had at number one on this list, Hoop Dreams, they had, and they did a top 25, and Hoop Dream was like 21 or 22. So, I mean, it's like you said when you started, each critic will have their own style and their own uh, opinion on a lot of movies, and it just, like each list, each list has its own style and thing of its own. This one tends to skew. Uh, All lists will spark debate, and, yeah. you know... We did an episode on the old app before last year's Super Bowl, the three of us, and there was very few repeats, I think, in our sports list. And yeah. It, it you know, goes into taste and, and things like that. So I'm a big fan of Rocky. I'd, I'd have that, I think, number one on my list would be Rocky, the first one. So. I think Hoosiers would be for me. Hoop Dreams is very solid. And um, yeah. some things, you know, you Hoosiers, Moneyball... You know, I watch because of the drama and the seriousness and kind of, you know, the underdog thing and how emotional part for me. But then, you know, I like to enjoy Major League. I mean, it's pretty silly. Yeah. And it's enjoyable. And that's why I like it. You know, yeah. and, uh, something too, like even, like remember the Titans too, or, you know, one of Yeah, that did. That wasn't even, actually on the, wasn't on the that list. That was yet. not even on the list. That was one movie I forgot about. It was not even yeah. on the list. Remember the Titans. And that would be top five for me. Yeah. And that's, again, that's another one that's kind of, I think people know and like. And, yeah. Can quote and everything like that. So. In your opinion, or what's your favorite movie? Oh, favorite sports movie. I feel like, oh man, I yeah, have a partial on. favoritism towards Major League Two. Major League One is a classic. Yeah, Major League Two, really? Yeah, that's one of the first ones I've seen in full. Oh, that's man, he's not. He, I know. I think nice. at least a little meta nods that Wesley Snipes becoming an action star and that whole Black yeah. Hammer, White Thunder yeah. one. Jack Major was a hateable heel in that movie. There's a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense in that movie. Yeah, I, yeah, but I I'll agree with you. Major League Two is, in my opinion, it's a good movie. I, I like Major League One a little better, but Major League Two is a good movie on its own. Just yeah, Major League One is far better than number two, but two is one of those ones I'd see on TV every weekend. Stop and watch. Yeah, and I'd stop and watch. That's around the time of Rookie of the Year, Sandlot. And, you know, I will ride for Little Big League all day. Oh, I love that, that movie. Boring. I love and rookie of the Year, which I, or Angels in the Outfield, which I yeah. think are sillier. Yeah, they're both a little silly. I like yeah. the Sandlot. Sandlot would be a top 25 for me. That's another uh, strong movie. That is a strong movie, yeah. and it's got a strong message in it, too. And plus, yeah. James Earl Jones. It's yeah. a sweet movie. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. But it's not, like, over-the-top like Angels in the Outfield. Or a little unbelievable, like, Rookie yeah. of the Year, yeah. Plus, you know, Little Big League... It's got major leaguers. It's like Ken Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson, who, uh, you know, those are some of my favorite players growing up. Uh, they're kind of the bad guys, yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Baerga's in it. He strikes out. It's pretty good. It's got Jonathan Silverman. I mean, I don't know. I will advocate for that movie every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought Little Big League was very boring. It just felt like it was the pacing was slow, and I just really couldn't yeah. get into it. 
that montage, you know, because every sports movie has a montage and the baseball has a montage, baseball movies. You know, when they're getting better and it's scored to run around Sue, I don't know what it is. I like it. So each person has their own taste and likes. What are the ones, Earl, do you think? What are some of the ones that got left off? Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Sunset Park. I like Sunset Park. Maybe. Oh, yeah, the basketball movie. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Sunset Park, so maybe opinions changed. I feel like Coach Carter would probably be on there as well in the ilk of Remember the Titans. That is the like late 90s, early 2000s, the heyday of the struggling team. Yeah. And then there's a new coach what, who has a new way of thinking and what, whips everybody into what, shape. What was a real life implement behind it. Yeah. So, I mean, Remember yeah. the Titans. We are marshals like that. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to go to the comedy route, like Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball, and Tyler Degan Knights, I'm surprised yeah. both of those made the list. But I've seen those multiple times, but I don't see many movies multiple times. And Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell kind of have their own subgenre of sports movies, if you think about yeah. it. I mean, Adam Sandler did golf and a little bit of hockey. You yeah. know, obviously, he's done two football movies, right? Will Ferrell's at least dipped into, like, sports that don't... Don't get into recognition because, really... <laughs> How many racing movies can you name with like NASCAR? I can only think of two off right. Top of Days, my of head. Thunder. Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he also um, did so. kicking and screaming. He did streaming soccer. Yeah, soccer. He did the uh, Blades of Glory ice skating. Yeah, Semi Pro, which is terrible actually. It's not a good movie. Yeah, uh, but, but like commercials were worth every bit of it. I think that's one of those. Yeah, where they burned all the good jokes in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trailers. But, uh, but uh, he's got some. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot we don't. And they just the kind of the Disney run again in the late nineties, like Little Giants. Yeah. Oh Little yeah, Giants. Little Giants, a good one. Wow. Yeah. yeah, there's some other great ones too. Friday Night Lights, which actually kind of got eclipsed by the TV show. I think people actually probably hold the TV show in the higher scene. Yeah. Not that the you know Varsity Blues. I mean, there's just yeah. a bunch of movies like that. They're entertaining. And then are also ones that just no one saw, but I think would probably be decent. Like, what's that one with Kevin Costner where he's coaching a cross-country team? Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The one I remember with Kevin Costner is the uh, baseball one. where Oh, Jack ball of the game? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's the game. So. I mean, the rookie, I mean, the rookie is another, you know, kind of, again, that, like, life story, underdog, yeah. you know, with Dennis Quaid. So. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. That's what I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking of, so. I don't know. There's just a whole bunch of movies, right? All the Right Moves, you could say, is a sports movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, Kevin Can Wait with the Ramps. There's a bunch. Yeah. It's just what your taste is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. McFarlane and USA. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a cross-country one. That's a cross-country one, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I disagree with on this Vulture list, is they really have chariots of fire. I mean, nobody, I think, our age, we're all about the same age, and nobody our age or younger probably knows or hears or cares about Chariots of Fire. Even the theme song, I think. Yeah. Is, I mean, it was nice back in the day, but... It was still low, though, for a lot of people. Yeah. It was, I think, 17, I think, on the list, Chariots of Fire. Maybe I need to watch it again. Yeah, I mean, it's... I know a lot of people in the age group before us, I know that a lot of people love that movie, but not many people would want to really... It, it was the four-minute mile, right? Chariots of Fire was about the British Olympic oh, team. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. I mean, there's, you know, there's two movies that with Steve Prefontaine that's... Um, I forget which one's supposed to be good. Without Limits and Pre... I think yeah. Without Limits is supposed to be the better one. Yeah. And then there's even the... Uh, the was it Owen? Is that the name of the, the one about Desi Owens? Uh, yeah, there's that one. I, you know, yeah. 42. There's yeah. all these other ones. 
the Ernie Davis one. Oh, the Express. Yeah. yeah. And then and you even got like TV movies like Brian Song. Brian Song is oh, not on yeah, this I'm list. Surprised. That, yeah. yeah. I remember watching they that. Bang the drum slowly, but they don't mention Brian Song. I mean, I dare you not to cry. Yeah. Uh, that, when you that, watch that. Either one. Either the original or the remake. Yeah. I saw that when I was in eighth grade, and yeah. that, that movie made me yeah. fall I feel, like the, I feel like the original was so much better with Bernie Casey and James Caan. I feel like that one is such a better movie. The remake is with Mackay Pfeiffer and, and but there's so many Glory Road. It's yeah. an easy movie to make up. Yeah. There was that one last year, right? I forgot what it was called. It's like an inspirational one where that volleyball player died and the whole team rallied. Oh um, yeah. I forgot what that one was called. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um What's the worst sorts movie you've ever seen, Earl? What do you oh, think? Oh, boy. Yikes. Major League 3. All day. All day, Major League 3 is the worst. Oh, yeah. The Back to the oh, Liners. Yes. Yeah, that's bad. It uh, was straight garbage. When the lights went off, I turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> that's how uh, bad Sean, it was. Sean Mayer is the guy who played Brian Piccolo. Oh, okay. in the so, remake, so. Nobody. Yeah, he, nobody. he was in uh, Firefly. He was in those type oh, of movies, okay. so... One movie, a couple movies that were discussed, like Eddie. Eddie discussed the movie The Program. You know, the program is famous or infamous for that scene that they cut out. I mean, it's, you think about it now, it's kind of unprecedented. I mean, for people who don't know, when the program came out, there was a scene where players lay down in the middle of the road and then, you know, just because they're, I think, high on something or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, of course, some dum-dums did it themselves. They got killed. So they actually pull the movie and recut it and cut that scene out. But I don't remember much more about it than that. And James Caan is in it, right? I think. It was also directed and written by David S. Ward, who wrote the Major League series, the first uh, two. Yeah. Halle Berry That's was it. in it as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's often, you know, there's just so many to talk about. I mean, it's hard to make a list up of them. It really is. And um, especially when you try to make like a lower list, like yeah. you do top 25 or top yeah. 10. It really is about preference because, I mean, there's a vast pool of sports movies I, in that. The more we talk about it, the more I think of other movies like Necessary Roughness, Johnny Be Good, Gridiron Gang, right? That's the one with The Rock and Exhibit. Wildcats, the first pairing of Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. What's cool, though, especially when you look at older sports movies now, is because a lot like war movies, you have to have a deep cast because there's a lot of people. You're yeah. filling out teams, right? Yeah. So when you look back at like Angel the Outfield, oh, Matthew McConaughey is in this movie, right? What's his name? Adrian Brody is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Rudy, it's like Rudy's like tutor best friend is John Favreau. You know, the guy who gives him a hard time, that O'Brien guy, you know, that's like young Vince Vaughn. It's always kind of a treat to watch those movies back and say, oh, well, that guy's a star now. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's funny when you talk about Rudy, the first thing I think of, I don't even think about everybody hoisting on the shoulders. I always think about that Charles S. Dutton line. He's like, look at you. You're five foot nothing, 100 and nothing, and you want to play yeah. football? <laughs> that's yeah. the thing that stands out the most. Yeah. I think that scene, right, and the, um, you know, it's kind of made up, but the one where um, that uniform. the uniforms. Yeah. yeah, my brother and I would uh, always quote, like, what's that? Yeah, who's the wild man now? Like, you know, like that one. And uh, I think that, like, for my brother and I, the sports movies that we probably quote the most are probably Rudy and Remember the Titans. I don't know why. We just enjoy that line where um, Will Patton is like, you guys need to shut it down, right? And he's just like, we're not getting another yard. And like you blitz until blah blah. And that's that and um, in the training, right? When he's like, jump on that football like a starving man on a Christmas ham, you know, or something like that. So, um, 
Honestly, yeah. for me, the most quotable movies are actually the more comedy versions, like Major League. Major League, love, of course, I love, yeah. I love Major League, and actually, um, Talladega Nights and Dodgeball. Talladega Nights, I mean, that's the thing I was telling Brad, is that, you know, I have to admit, I've never seen Dodgeball, but yeah. I know the quotes. I yeah. mean, you know. Dodge exactly. Rich, you can Dodgeball. Yeah, exactly. What? Bam, right in the face. Exactly. So. I mean, obviously, that's where the Ocho originated yeah. at, yeah, you know, things like that. And, you know, Major League, unfortunately, it's like, you know, if we want to keep this not explicit, we probably have to. There's not a lot of quotes that we can say in major league yeah that, uh, uh, but, yeah uh, talking uh, about deities hitting curveballs playing uh, third base as a matador yeah yeah the seriousness of heart attacks yeah. so <laughs> you know willie Mays. <Mace's>. yeah <laughs> it's like you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a spiritual thing it's an emotional thing or a heart attack who said heart attack i did i did <laughs> or you know it's like you may run like maze, but you hit the, uh, you know, I can't yeah. see the rest. <laughs> oh my God. That's why I have number two and number one. Two was just because that's the first one I saw of that and Rookie of the Year and Sandlot. Yes, I know Rookie of the Year is so over the top, but I like it. Yeah. You know, um, I go to a lot of autograph shows, and Earl, you've been to them before, yeah. too. With me. And a couple years ago, I think maybe the last one I went to, or maybe two ones before, um, they had Thomas Ian Nichols, who was uh, the Rookie of the Year guy and was at American Pie. And, yeah. like, he just walked right by me. I'm like, that's him. Wow, he was in American Pie? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, wow. he's the guy yeah. who stresses for them to make the bet. Oh, uh, He's okay. the one who's dating Tara Reid, I think. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Because yeah. when I think of Rookie of the Year, I think of Gary Busey. Yeah. And, John Candy uh, was also. Uh, Daniel Stern. Stern. Yeah, those are, those are the two I think of the most. So, man, that movie. I always got, The kid's always secondary about that when I'm thinking about that in the movie. But, yeah. Yeah, John Candy was in there. In the, yeah, oh, yeah, he was. I mean, I, yeah. another underutilized role for John Candy, which not much longer after that he would pass away. Oh, and John Candy, that's another sports movie we didn't talk about. Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh like my God. If you ask yeah. anyone about Cool Runnings, you probably get a lot of people yeah. will tell you, man, Cool Runnings. Man, Leon was in that. Dougie Doug. Uh, Dougie Doug. Yes, yeah. Dougie Doug. And I know we talked about, in addition, another episode, I talked about The Sixth Man with Kadeem Hardison and Earl oh, Lands. Your yeah, that's, there's a lot of lame movies in the 90s like that. Six Man, Celtic Pride. Celtic that's, Pride. That's oh, the one where they kidnapped Danny. Yeah, with yeah. Dan Aykroyd I, and Daniel Stern. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Daniel Stern mentions, but uh, honestly, out of all the sports movies I've seen, I haven't seen many, but just thinking off the top of my head, that would probably be the worst one I've seen. It was okay, but I mean, it just got a little out there at the end. So, about, okay. I'm surprised so, we didn't mention Space Jam. Thing. Space Jam? I like Space Jam. I like Space Jam. It's cultural relevance, and it had, as I mentioned with Mitchell Northern in the previous episode, one of the best soundtracks for a sports yes, movie yeah. ever. Yes, it did. Uh, except the R. Kelly stuff. Also, you know, his behavior outside of that, I just feel like I believe I Can Fly is just overplayed anyway. They, I didn't like that song because it's... They, they, just, over, they did overplay it, yeah, but I mean, but at the time, that was a good song. I mean, not his old personality and all that, but as a singer in general, I mean, that was not a bad song. It um, just, it's I, overplayed. Yeah, it's, I don't even think it's one of the better songs, honestly. And the problem with that is, I'm glad we were sort of shifting subjects. The problem is we'll never be able to separate any artists from their music and what they do away from the mic because there's a lot of people, if you were to do that, we'd have a very empty list of music because there's a lot of people who did a lot of questionable stuff. Yeah. The Space Jam soundtrack, does that have Quad City DJs on that? Yeah, the right? Space Jam. There's Monica yeah, for you. Yeah. There's Hit Them High with LL uh, Buster Rhymes. Uh, yeah. Method Man. Uh, who else? Yeah. Then there's Basketball Jones with, with Barry White and Chris Rock. I feel like basketball movies, maybe they're more missed than hit. I mean, I think 
There's also like Joanna Man. Oh, oh. <laughs> There's also uh, Eddie. Remember- We've got Eddie with our Malik Sealy and Dwayne Schultz uh, now. Yeah, yeah. Man, you're bringing up some yeah. bad memories on that one. It's not a sports movie, I, but I just want to give a George Mearson shout out. Um, <laughs> hey, I, saw, I heard it was in Salisbury. Yeah, yeah my giant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. Which is, yeah. yeah, I oh, watched my yeah. giant. Yeah, it's a long time. I mean, it's loosely based on on Billy Crystal's time hanging around Andre the Giant, but yeah, yeah. Oh man! If you ever get a chance, I'll recommend this. And I like cross promoting other things I've seen. There's this website, this YouTube channel called Wrestling with Regret, where they do movie reviews on wrestling oh, yeah. ones. And they did with a body yeah. slam with the Tonga Kid and Roddy Piper. Oh yeah, yeah! I actually saw that movie, and that one was. Uh... I was younger when I saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. They've got wrestling in a movie. I, I, at the time, I was like, I've never seen that before. And uh, that one had a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers in it, too. It was a lot of wrestlers yeah, at the time. Ric Flair had a cameo. I think Freddie Blassie yeah. was there. It was a ton yeah. of guys. It was a ton of guys. Oh, yeah, Captain Lou was in there. Captain Lou, yeah. Because I know you two are obviously big wrestling fans. Besides the wrestler, is there any definitive wrestling movie? I mean, Earl, I've been trying to talk Brad into seeing um, Fighting With My Family because that's that, that actually a wrestling comes out, movie. That, that comes out next week, actually. So that yeah. might be our... Um, yeah. It's kind of odd because, like I said, I've, I've told Ben about my, my sort of my beef with uh, wrestling actors. And it's because, for the most part, we've seen them act in a wrestling ring especially like Steve Austin and the rock and all those. I mean, I've seen most of what they do in a wrestling ring. So seeing them act in something different, it just, it it doesn't strike me as the best. So there's not been many movies about wrestling in general. Yeah. Um, wrestling. uh, There there have been movies about wrestlers. Like I know they've done a couple about Andre the giant recently. Oh, wrestling with shadows. That's a good documentary. Yeah. Yeah, Ben, I'd suggest that's probably maybe the ilk of, I'm trying to think of, not when we were no i'm not even going to compare it to when we were king when it's we were something king. just yeah. if you, you i would recommend wrestling with shadows it's legit it's actual legit. Yeah, yeah behind yeah, the scenes yeah, yeah. it's actually it's the night of the montreal screw job you have to watch that ben i would recommend that movie in general that is yeah. really good I, I forgot all about that movie yeah that's actually one you would probably want would to see. you guys i remember brad you and i've talked about this but i can't remember would you guys recommend that rick flair one that 30 for 30 oh rick yeah Taylor? yeah that's- i'd recommend it yeah, that's a good one. It's different. Um, it's very candid. I mean, Ric Flair is very candid in his interviews. With most wrestlers, they stay in character when they do interviews. And Flair was was very uh, poignant and um, very, very truthful about his comments. So that's a good one. And I've heard the, the one that they did, I think it was HBO, about Andre the Giant. I've heard that one's a real that's good one, so too. Much I haven't seen it. That's but, a really good uh, one. The referee, remember, Brad, the referee Tim White with the lunchtime suicides? <laughs> yeah, he, he was Andre's handler, so he was there yes. most of the stuff. So you got to talk to him. Yeah, they have Hogan in there, and sometimes, yeah. like with Hogan, he sort of goes over with some of the story. It's like, yeah, yeah. Vince in there. Slapping 900 pounds, and he had a heart attack after the match yeah, or something. Yeah, in front of a million people. So, Ben, the story the, about Hogan, is, every time he talks about he body slams Andre the Giant, his weight fluctuates, the size of the crowd fluctuates, and how soon yes. after he dies uh, fluctuates. Yeah, exactly. Because if that's, what, 87, he died, what, really six, seven years later. I think his last appearance in WWE was 91, I think. And he was in WCW for a couple of appearances. Yeah, I think it was like 90, yeah 90, 91, I think. So, um 
But yeah, Hulk Hogan has a has a tendency to um, exaggerate a lot of stats. Yeah, even on the stand in court. But that's a different story for a different time. I know we're running a little low on time. I know one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about are the Oscars and some okay. of the categories of film credit that I like watching. He talked about if you want to do a best movie category, the best way you should pick it is you should have the winner of each of the different categories, best foreign film, best animated film, best documentary, things like that. And each one of those goes on to represent the best picture. Oh, yeah. And then you have those different categories. That way, there's not a whole bunch of other movies that get any love with anything else. But I thought that would be an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, then that case, Goodbye Basketball, the Kobe Bryant one would have been maybe would have been a nominee and things like that. And I feel like that would be better than a whole bunch of other stuff and movies I haven't seen. Well, I mean, I, I guess the argument against that is that um, you're yeah. mixing the genres up too much, and yeah. some people just, you know, aren't into documentaries. And yeah. Or you plus, know, plus, I mean, they they do give credence to. I mean, there's been movies that got robbed, and I mean, they're in the same category as the movie that won the Oscars. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I think you would need. You mean like overall? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. overall. Or maybe I mean, like, like a couple of seven, the seven best or whatever the best movie categories and their genres go, and then maybe like two or three wild cards. Yeah, I mean, best picture. Yeah, there's some snubs, and I think looking back, we already have some. Yeah, like what Brad said, that should have won but didn't. Um, yeah. You know, I think a couple of examples off the top of my head. I would say. Um, yeah, I couldn't think of any off. My I would head. say Crash over Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. I would also say maybe uh, Saving Private Ryan or Thin Red Line. You know, they lost to Shakespeare in Love. You know, Pulp Fiction over. I mean, this is debatable because people love Forrest Gump, but you could say Pulp Fiction over Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah. But, I mean, now that we look back in the lens, you know, what still has, what movies are still held up in high esteem and have cultural relevance? Like, yeah. Whoever talks about the English patient, whoever talks about, uh, actually, most of the times when um, people talk about Crash, it's to say just how terrible it is. What about the <laughs> artists? That? Nobody, nobody yeah, watches silent film movies. The artists is another one, I think. I, I, I'm not really sure. And maybe that's you just have to go. Maybe the voters just said we're going to go against the grain or yeah. whatever. And whoever brought in the most money, like a Snoop Dogg would say, money, money, money. That's all it is. It's yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, the last silent film movie I saw was Mel Brooks' silent movie. That's the last one I saw. That's a 1973 yeah. movie that I saw, what, in the 90s, early 2000s? That's my thing. I mean, some of these movies, I don't trust maybe like the MTV Music Awards and the Movie Awards because, my opinion, I don't go see many movies anymore. And I don't agree with a lot of the pop culture stuff. But then some of these artistic movies that get the awards and the Oscars, they look boring. Yeah. Like, we yeah. watched The Shape of Water. You know what that'll be forever known yeah. as? I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really sure how that's gonna, that one's going to hold up. I mean... I do like, like in this year's crop, I haven't seen all the movies. Um, as much as I love Black Panther and like Black Klansman and uh, some of these other ones. I don't know. I still like Roma the best. I don't know if it'll win because it is a foreign film. It, yeah. is, um, it is subtitled and in black and white. I, but maybe that's what the people are thinking. I, I, you know. I really think the Green Book, and I haven't seen the Green Book, but there's been a lot of buzz about it. I really think it's probably going to, it's like, I don't want to say the favorite, but I think a lot of people going in might go for it. And I think there's better movies than that. And, I guarantee know. you, if the Green Book wins, yeah. two or three years from now, we're going to be like, that was really dumb. I feel like, yeah. like that one's- interesting, like, look at Denzel winning his award, his Oscar for Training Day. There's two reasons he won it. One, because I don't think it was his best role. Malcolm X, in my opinion, was his best role. 
Yeah. The other reason yeah. is because Russell Crowe threw a phone at somebody, and that's the only reason that Denzel won because Russell Crowe couldn't stop acting a fool. Well, in Denzel's defense, he took an otherwise blah movie, and uh, you know that movie there was originally a script with Samuel Jackson and Matt Damon instead of Ethan Hawke and Denzel. And he lifted up the material. Which he has a, a yeah. history of doing. He's just, him. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's fantastic in that role. Yeah. Um, um, no, that's not his best role, but that's, sometimes that's not what happens. I mean, you know, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio won for The Revenant, but I don't know if that was his best role. I mean, no. but, you know, most famously, Al Pacino in Son of a Woman. That's yeah. not his best role, no. but sometimes it's just like a cumulative effect. You're like, yeah. okay, now's your time. And yeah. this, this is good enough. It's like Sally Field. So, yeah. Field, yeah. yeah, I mean, and then you have people who come out of nowhere, Jennifer Hudson, Jamie yeah. Foxx. Yeah. We all know Morgan Freeman and Denzel got snubbed on Oscar awards before. They finally, I forgot, did Denzel win his first one for Glory or was yeah. it, uh, yeah. Morgan, it was, was, was that Morgan Freeman's one too? I mean, or was that Driving Miss Daisy? I mean, Morgan Freeman, um, I'd have to look it up. I think he won one for Million Dollar Baby. And I know he was nominated maybe for Unforgiven. I don't know if he won for that one. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, if you want to bring it back to this year, you know, Glenn Close, I think, has been nominated like seven times um, for an Oscar. People seem to really enjoy her performance. And um, gosh, I, I don't know what that movie's called because no one's seen it. But um, and maybe she'll win it um, the, yeah, because the of the wife or something. Yeah, the maybe. wife. And yeah. Maybe and maybe that's one of those things. Again, like it's a cumulative Oscar. Like, OK, yeah. you know, you got passed over. This is your, like your kind of yeah. lifetime achievement. Mark, Morgan Freeman's lone Oscar win has been uh, was in 2005 as a supporting actor for Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. So, uh, but he was nominated for Invictus as Best Actor yeah. in the uh, Shawshank Redemption with Best oh, Actor. Oh yeah. Um, and um, Best Actor in 1990s Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, okay. So he's been nominated, but um, it was uh, Million Dollar Baby was his one and only win so yeah. far. I, so, I, I yeah. think sometimes it's all about the money because hey, Anna Paquin has an Oscar, but you know when you look at yeah. that. You would have thought that career would have kept going, but not always a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's yeah. why I should do young Oscar. But I mean, like, and, and you know, just like just like athletes, you know, like an athlete can have a like fantastic year or two, and then just never do anything again. Um, Roger you know, Maris, people, yeah, like I, I mean, and not that Anna Paquin is. I mean, she's still working. She's still a decent actor. People seem to like her, mm-hmm. but you know, that was kind of a life once in a lifetime role for her. Um, yeah, you, you know, um, it's you know, just. Things lined up uh, properly for yeah. Yeah. like Peyton Hillis. I think yeah. that would be an idea. Maybe bring back the young Oscars for for different age groups. So that way, unless their role beats the whole field, I feel like you should have one for young actors as well. Uh, I mean, they did uh, used to do it. Maybe I feel like you oversaturate a little bit, or like the old, you know, the argument of like everybody gets a trophy kind of thing. Just like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd do a war for most promising actor because there's somebody who has a promise but never either never fulfills it. And just like Rookie of the Year, just like the Rookie of the Year awards. Like I said, Marty Cordova beat out some – no, Bob Hamlin beat out somebody and ended up being a Hall of Famer. So the weirdest things happen. Back again is one of my favorite guests, Ben Penserga. We are going to talk about a lot of things. I know some of the topics we will broach on include baseball movies and whatever else comes to mind, because normally that's how it goes with some of these podcasts. How are you doing today, Ben? How you doing, man? I am doing great. Thank you for coming back on the show, because you basically you are almost close to how SNL has their five-timers club. You're basically on time number four. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, um, it's always good talking to you, man. I mean, um, for those who don't know, I mean, Earl and I were together, I don't know, geez, like, was it, it wasn't 10 years, but it was a long time. We worked together for a long time, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. So, you know, Earl lives um, like two hours away right now, so I don't get to see him as often as uh, I used to. So it's just good to talk. One thing that I know, especially being down in Salisbury, there is really one close movie theater in proximity to you guys as opposed to going to Ocean City where some of the other ones are. And it's weird seeing how it looks like one theater company is sort of cornering the market there. Yeah. There's one movie theater in Salisbury. I could probably walk there. I might actually walk there. I mean, it gets most of the movies, independent movies there too. Ocean City has a couple more movie theaters. They're a little they're all me, so you get some different movies, thankfully, if you want a little variety. The seating is actually better there. Um, you know, Ocean City's kind of invested in the fancier leather seats and, and kind of stretch out and everything like that. Um, if I can get out of a little rant here, um, already uh, we're like like three minutes in. The movie experience has changed a little bit. I think over the summer, I feel like everyone's kind of gone to assigned seating with their seats, which is kind of fun because I actually order my tickets in advance uh, through the app and everything like that, so I can pick and choose my seats, but. I don't understand people. I feel like every time I go there, people who are like almost gonna fight over seats just because someone is not smart enough to realize they're not in the right row or they're not reading their ticket properly. Um, there's always kind of drama. The John Wick movie that we went to a couple weeks ago in Ocean City it was the same thing. I think you're in my seat, and then just people standing and milling, and it gets heated. I don't know why. It's just a ticket, and again, it's pretty easy to solve. You just whip out the ticket and match your row and number to the corresponding uh, seat. But I don't know, man. We're in a different age now. The biggest thing that I have with that whole row and sign seating thing, I understand the whole issue. If you have a middle seat, it can get really, really confusing as opposed to having an edge seat because, you know, you're either seats eight or nine at the end or seats one and two on the opposite side. But once you start getting into the middle, you can lose track of, okay, where am I sitting? Is this three? Is this five? Is this seven? Those things can get a little nuts because even with the numbers on there, do you think maybe this is for the seat to my right? Because it's weird how they have some of those seats designated. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously part of it is just, we're not used to it and we're probably not used to it where I am. Maybe in some other cities where, you know, you have some movie theaters that have always been assigned seating. I don't know. If we're going to have a learning curve, it's all good. Just take it easy, man. You don't need to fight over it. It'll be solved. You'll, you'll see the movie. It's all good. You got a ticket. You're in there. And just being up in Newark, seeing that within a, I'd say maybe 10, 15 mile vicinity, there are at least five movie theaters. One in Glasgow, the old movie theater where they used to show the Rocky Horror Picture Show near the university. That's been renovated and redone. There's a Cinemark, and then there's a few that are not in Wilmington proper, but on the outsides. And I feel like that allows you to have a little more diversity, especially one's sort of a locally owned. Then you got the Cinemark, you have a Regal and you have AMC. And there you're not having the market cornered by just one place. I haven't been to Newark in a while. They redid it, but it's a new ownership. The old peak that came out on that movies thing where the little marquee would have been, it's gone. It's yeah. sort of a flatter look now, but it's okay. locally owned. And they still have the five theaters, and they have like a lot of different discounts and specials for nights and movies, especially Tuesday night. I watched a lot of movies in college at that movie theater. The one on Main Street definitely 
Uh, I saw a lot of good, bad movies there. I saw Double Team with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I saw Space Jam, uh, so that was kind of cool. That one only sucks because we didn't have cars back then, so I came out of the movie theater and it rained, so I had to walk all the way in the rain, and that wasn't too fun, but... Space Jam was fun, uh, Mars Attacks, you know, there's just a lot of movies I've seen there. A lot of bad movies, actually, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, those are the ones you would hit up, that one, uh, Christiana Mall, and uh, the other one, like I said, that's kind of, I think it's like 896, I don't know. Yeah, is that like down towards uh, Glasgow? Yeah, that might be the one. Yeah, that's the Regal Cinema there, of course, the one in the mall, that's Cinemark. And in that plaza now, where the movie theater on Main Street is... I don't know what was there when you were there, but now, of course, there's a sushi place, there's a pokey place, there's a farmer's market, the Brazilian steakhouse, a Goodwill. It was kind of, you know, those, like, the strip mall part uh, was still kind of transitioning, I guess. Uh, you know, I think there was, like, a newsstand there and, uh, you know, um, a liquor store and some other things, but, uh, you know, it's it's been a while. Uh, I don't think, you know, I mean memories of that place for sure um, but it's just it's just been a while it's just the experience of it still that i appreciate you know there are a lot of movies that you can Netflix, or you can just come on you know blu-ray or you know stream it on your phone or your tv or whatever but just like sitting in the movie theater for in, uh, infinity war game you know there's a collective experience of it um you know you're hearing the cheers and and peeping and and having a good time um, that you just don't get sitting kind of at your home on a couch. You know, it's the same thing, I guess, you know, live sporting event versus watching it at home on your TV. Uh, you know, just the spontaneity and energy you have while watching with people. Even then, you get kind of connected with them. Uh, or, you know, you get excited about it because you see Captain America doing whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so that's, that's fun, for sure. Just talking about the movie experience, so it's all good. I have a podcast with uh, our friends uh, Keith Demko and Brad Wilkins. Um, we review movies every week. But, you know, I wanted to talk to you, Earl, because, you, you know, you watch a lot of movies yourself, and, you know, you like sports movies, like I like sports movies, and we, we enjoy the same kind of, a, uh, you know, some of these movies. You know, it's baseball season. The Orioles are the Orioles, um, and, uh, you know, you can still watch some baseball or have baseball as entertainment through movies, and they're always going to be the same. I also wanted to talk to you, Earl, because uh, I know you're a big fan of Major League. Major League came out 30 years ago this year, you know, as well as another kind of like benchmark movie, uh, Field of Dreams, which I know you haven't seen, and that's fine. Um, you know, people have mixed feelings about that movie. Some, I think, maybe like our generation, or like you know, you're well, you're about one generation behind nine, or like a half. Um, you know, they have a fondness for it. I, I think a lot of people have a kind of a hot take of just like, you know, it's trash. But I've come around. I've like, I liked it, then I didn't like it again. So uh, I don't know. So if you watch it, great. If you don't, not a big deal. But uh, I did want to talk to you a little bit about Major League because I know you enjoy that movie. Oh, yeah. And going back to the Field of Dreams part, I always think one of the big things that you always hear people talk about, especially the emotional part of it is just having one last catch with dad and things like that. Some, maybe some people didn't have that good of a relationship with their fathers and that's why it may hit to home or some people had a really good relationship and just want that one last time with them. And, and that's a very understandable thing because emotion in movies, it, I feel like it's just like music. If you don't feel something at the end of a song, just like you don't feel anything at the end of a movie, then maybe it didn't hit you the way it should have. 
Yeah, exactly. And there there are a lot of points like that. Um, and you know, it's um, I guess in its favor, it's sneakily funny. Um, James Earl Jones, he's actually pretty entertaining. Um, and obviously, he has that speech um, that's pretty famous um, about baseball at the end of the movie. I used to have a tape of the last game of Memorial Stadium before they retired it and before Cam Yards back in 91. And, you know, they're having the ceremonies at the end of the game, and that's the first thing they played on the scoreboard. They just play that whole speech from James Earl Jones. That was kind of like the, the capper um, of, the, of the entire thing. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, Field Dreams definitely is a way different baseball movie than Major League. And now when you think about it, it's kind of funny that they both came out in the same year because they're really a lot different <laughs> from each other. Uh, but both equally good, and uh, you know I have a lot of entertainment out of. I find a lot of entertainment out of both of them. Uh, the sequel, not so much for Major League. I know you like that one, um, but I don't know. They're both pretty solid movies, and again, it's pretty it's pretty cool to think they both came out in the same year. And they're both coming off the heels of Bull Durham, which is also a very popular movie. Again, I haven't seen that movie either, and I I don't know. It's just not an issue of it not being something of interest it's just i've never had the chance to see it there's a lot of sports movies i haven't seen i haven't seen rudy i haven't seen hoosiers i always just go back from those main points in those lines that you think i always go back to charles s dutton's speech of rudy because that is always the biggest thing when i think of that movie now that rudy is sam wise from lord of the rings i don't know if that's more of one of sean astin's better roles compared to what he's been doing ever since. Yeah, you know, Rudy and Hoosiers are kind of bookends. It's made by the same director and the same writer, and you know, they're kind of the same story really, just underdogs who are kind of coming out on top. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny with Rudy too. Did you ever watch My Name is Earl? Earl? Uh, Yes. There's that episode where they basically have the entire cast come back. Uh, Chelsea Ross, who is Dan Devine, who's kind of uh, who's uh, kind of played as the heavy in Rudy, and is also one of the kind of uh, kind of so-so townspeople in Hoosiers. Uh, he comes back, and he comes back, and Charles S. Dutton is in there. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, obviously, you appreciate it on a different level if you've seen Rudy. Um, so those are good. I mean, I you know, as far as sports movies go, in uh, baseball movies, you know, we were talking before we started recording. And I was looking at a list on Wikipedia of baseball movies, and I don't think I've really seen a baseball movie prior to 76, uh, Bad News Bears. I mean, obviously I didn't watch Bad News Bears in the theater, but that's about as deep as I go back there. So, like, yeah, like, we talked about, like, I haven't seen, like, Pride of the Yankees or... um, well, the one's like Bang the Drum Slowly, right? That's a baseball movie. Yeah, Um, Bang the Drum Slowly and the original Jackie Robinson movie where he played himself. Yeah, and I guess there's an Angels in the Outfield from 1950, which I didn't know until I just saw the list. Yeah, I had heard of it, and I think it's probably nothing like the other one. Who knows how similar it is? Just going by basically the Disneyfication of some movies. Yeah, I wonder how close to the original that the Disney one from 94 was. You know, that's one I've never seen. Uh, Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it, and especially as a kid, that was really the spate of all the kids' movies, Little Big League, uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, It's a mix of, uh, you know, ridiculousness and a little serious note, especially with 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing the kid trying to have his family get back together, praying to God that the uh, angels can win the uh, pennant. And Tony Danza has a pretty good role in there as Mel Clark. Yeah, and I look back in the cast, it's kind of a murderer's row of people who would later have really good careers. Matthew McConaughey's in that movie, right? Um, Adrian Brody, too, is in that movie. Yeah, Danny Glover. Yeah, Danny Glover. Um, So, I don't know. It's it's good. Um, You know, the 80s and 90s, right, was kind of this, like, become, become into the sports renaissance, maybe going up into the 2000s, where it's really a lot of sports movies, and I think we talked about this in the last podcast, that, um, you know, Disney really kind of mastered that formula, like the, you know, it's kind of the, there there are a couple of them, um, there's a kind of fantastical one with the kids, that's very Disney-esque, or just uh, funny, like, I would say that one, and like Rookie of the Year, right, are a little bit more fantastical, um, and then the other one you would have is like, um, you know, Coach, who... It kind of uh, gets the team straight, um, you know, who have all been acting out. And that's like, I don't know, hardball. Um, yeah, I, I just yeah. thought about a whole bunch of other. I forgot Little Giants. Um, if yeah. we're going to talk about Disney sports movies, we cannot forget The Big Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in a previous podcast, Mark DeMora asked me about The Big Green. I'm like, I don't really remember The Big Green. Of course, I forgot Sandlot. That's around that same time, too, with Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year. And if we're going to talk about Disney movies that are sort of fantastical, uh, Air Bud, the Air Bud series. Yeah, Air Bud is actually, I haven't seen any of those. I know people like them. I know they, in a weird sideline thing, I know sometimes when you watch movies, you'll see posters of Air Bud in people's like rooms like, like for kids. And I think they said part of that is because there's no likeness issues there because it's a dog, it's not a human, so you know, you know, you got squabbling over, um, you know, like, I don't know, Tom Berenger's like, likeness over because he's on, in Major League. But you like Major League, you haven't seen Field of Dreams, like, why don't you talk about some of the, the baseball movies that you like? I, I have a little less here, but uh, um, I'm interested to see what your take is. I think there's a couple that we're going to agree on that are maybe some, like, low-key underrated movies. But, um, yeah, besides Major League, what uh, what other baseball movies do you think are good? Or would you recommend? Um, let's see. Especially, I guess, one movie, I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's mid-90s. It was a HBO-produced one. It was called Soul of the Game. Uh, yeah. The Negro Leagues, Delroy Lindo, uh, Blair Underwood as Jackie Robinson, and your boy, Michael T. Williamson as Josh Gibson. <laughs> William T. Michelson. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty interesting story. It's, again, it's been so long since i actually seen the movie, so to compare that to the legends of those guys and, you know, comparing that, that was my first movie that I saw with Jackie Robinson in it, and compared to 42, I like 42. 42 is pretty solid. I haven't seen that one. You know, it's on Netflix. I need to see it, I think, before it goes away, and obviously, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman is kind of blown up. And that's pretty cool. But I'm trying to think. Other baseball movies. Oh, I like uh, For the Love of the Game. Uh, talk about a Costner movie about baseball that I have seen. That is one of them. Uh, that's one I haven't seen. Do you like it? I think people say that's an underrated one, right? And, like, Costner really, um, you know, gets that kind of, like, aging pitcher who's kind of a, he's last hurrah. 
Yeah, and I like how they, throughout the game as it goes along, it intersperses things that's going on in his life throughout the game. It's like, you'll see a moment, then it'll take him back out to the mound. And um, as he goes through throwing that, I'm not sure if it was a perfect game or no hitter. Uh, spoiler alert yeah. for anybody who hasn't seen that movie. But... Four years old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's the thing now. We got to say spoiler alert for people who haven't seen movies that are like 35 years old. They were talking, I think Edgar Wright actually talked about how on Netflix they spoiled uh, what is it the last movie in the trilogy I can't think of what it's called World's End oh okay yeah just through the trailer that they have on Netflix that it spoil it I mean the movie is fairly old that came out around the time of This is the End which I feel like probably unfairly gets compared to sort of end of the world type things and all this stuff and yeah you know the roguish group of guys that go around you know you mentioned um, Hardball before um You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they were trying to go Black Bad News Bears or what. I'm well, it's not funny. sure. It's funny. Everyone says, you know, again, spoilers, like everyone really just says, like, you know, when G-Baby dies, that just, like, changes the whole tenor of the movie and uh, changes a lot of other stuff. So, Yeah, there's been moments in some movies where, like, man, this movie is really... You know, movie's fun little movie. Then, oh wow, that did not go the way I expected it. Uh, yeah, Trouble with the Curve. I've seen Trouble with the Curve. It's been years, so do yeah. I even recall anything? I don't know. All I know is that Justin Timberlake and Clint Eastwood are in it. Amy Adams, right? Isn't that movie? Yeah, of course. I've seen Moneyball. That's a Moneyball. I really like. The more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool, especially the seeing Brad Pitt driving in the car, not going to the game. Yeah. You know, the scene with the scouts is pretty good. Um, when he's kind of, you know, blowing up the system there and, uh, you know, it's kind of the battles with uh, Art Howe, I think, are pretty good. Oh, and uh, Chris Pratt's pretty good in that movie. He's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I you know, and again, it's one of those many movies before he blew up and became Chris yeah. Pratt, a movie star. And I think even... Was that before being on Parks and Rec? I think that was at his time, but obviously it was before Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and, and the Jurassic World stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good moments in that movie. Uh, you know, that scene where Brad Pitt, who is the uh, A's general manager, comes to court. You know, Chris Pratt's character is Scott Hattieberg. And, um, you know, they're just like, well, we want you to play first base. And... Scott Hattieberg Chris, slash Chris Pat says, uh, I don't I don't know how to play first base. And, you know, Billy Bean's like, well, it's, it's really easy. Like, tell him Wash. And uh, the coach there, who I guess is supposed to be Ron Washington, he's just like, it's incredibly hard. Like, oh, well, you'll learn. <laughs> you know, things like that is uh, very good. Uh, how uh, he kind of confronts Dave Justice and the bad cage is good. And um, Joan Hill's good. You know, it's funny to think, you know, Jonah Hill was nominated for an Oscar uh, for that role. And it's funny to think the kid from Superbad has been nominated for two Oscars. So, Hey, it happens. And he's gone on to doing a yeah. little bit of directing now, too. So yeah. that's interesting. He might have just yeah. bypassed all that. You know, I have seen, just looking through the list of movies, you know, I look at this list. There's a few I forgot were movies. And one that we shouldn't overlook, Mr. 3000. Mr. 3000, Bernie Mac. That right. is the one I... I really want to talk about because I, I, you and I have a, I think, a deep appreciation of that movie. Uh, Bernie Mac, for those of you who don't know, Bernie Mac is kind of a, 
He's a very good baseball player. He played with the Milwaukee Brewers. He got his 3,000th hit, basically, and then he retired. And that's his whole stick. He's got, like, was it, like, 3,000 cuts, 3,000 blah, blah, blah. He has, like, he has this entire shopping mall where it's about Mr. 3,000. They find out later on that they've incorrectly counted the number of hits he has. So he's Mr. 2997, I think. And then, so he has to come back, and he's already been, he's probably been retired, I don't know, 10 years, and he comes back and, uh, you know, tries to get those hits, and hilarity ensues. It's a good movie. I, I like that one. And it's very realistic, too. What I always appreciate about Earl is that, you know, like, Major League, right, it's just like, we're going to win the pennant, right? We're going to win the division, we're going to win the pennant. Um, you know, Bernie Mac and the guy who plays the superstar, T-Rex Pennebaker, they just want to finish in third place. They're just like, man, we can get third, man. We just If we can win these games, we can finish third. We'd be strong. Uh, so I just like that. I mean, Bernie Mac, you know, RIP, gone too soon. Um, he's just really enjoyable in that role. And uh, he's kind of built for a guy who's like, he, he might have been a good baseball player, but uh, definitely is like, uh, you know, kind of paunchy. I guess like his shape is kind of a less athletic, like Tony Gwynn at the end of his career. Uh, I don't know what to classify. I think, uh, I mean, he wasn't Tony Gwynn's shape, but he was, I guess, an aged forty-year-old guy. I mean, I, I don't know how to best describe what. Yeah, no, I mean, I just like he kind of. I mean, he, you know, it's like everyone nowadays. These movies, everyone gets like super fit. If you're playing a superhero, you play yeah. a baseball player, you know, you got like you know eighty-nine abs and everything like that. But Bernie Mac just played Bernie Mac as a baseball player. Um, Angela Bassett's in that one. Um, you know, it's 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 a good movie. I, I like it. It's directed by Charles Stone III, who did those What's Up commercials and Budweiser in the early 2000s. And he also did the Uncle Drew movie that came out last year, which, again, for what it is, it's a pretty entertaining movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what? I also thought about other movies around that time. I'm starting to look through the list. I saw the scout, but I didn't at the time. I was too young to really understand it. So, <laughs> yeah, I've seen the scout. Do you know I saw half of the natural? I was like one day I had on MLB Network. I was watching the movie, and then I had to go to work. So I'm like, damn, I haven't seen the rest. I think I've seen it after he got shot, and then that's mm -hmm. when I had to go to work. Okay. Well, I mean, the beginning is good, and then like kind of the downfall part is bad, and obviously. Even probably if you haven't seen the entire movie, you've probably seen the ending um, in the in the home run and stuff. Uh, so um, I had a list of a couple movies that like I personally liked that we um, Mr. Three Thousand. We talked about Moneyball, Bad News Bears, the original, not the remake with Billy Bob Thornton. I just like that one it has a charm to it. But, you know, Water Mouth Owl is really good as well as, well as uh, Kel um, what's his name who plays Kelly Leak and then uh, Tatum O'Neill. Oh, Jackie um, O'Haley. Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. Ooh, again, this guy who's kind of had a little recent renaissance now. He's uh, he's working, so I appreciate that. Um, we always disagree on this. Um, I like Little Big League. I know you would favor favor Rookie of the Year over that. Yeah, I, Little Big League to me was just a little boring pacing wise. It just I I don't know. I wasn't very big into it. I watched it finally. I'm like, eh. again, at the time it was like I was. 11 so yeah <laughs> and what you know and maybe watching it again i'll have a different opinion and i think that might change and just over watching the zaniness and over the top stuff of rookie of the year um i think that's a 
Yeah, I think that might change over time. Oh, you know a movie we did not talk about? I, I wonder if you have seen it. Brewster's Millions? Yeah, you know, that's listed, that's listed as a baseball movie on Wikipedia. I have not seen it. I know Richard Pryor is pretty good. I know the premise. Um, and obviously, spends a lot of the movie, right? He's got, like, Cubs gear on. Yeah, and he plays for a minor league team. Maybe it's an independent team, too. So, actually, I think it might be New York. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be more New York because because I think some of the stuff takes place in like New Jersey with the little the team that he plays for. Um, there's another movie that has Billy D. Williams, uh, Richard Pryor, and it's called The Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. That's 1976. Okay, I don't know that one. That's um, interesting. Maybe that's like maybe the old barnstorming days and yeah, yeah. Negro League barnstorming days. Um, what about um, the Sandlot, right? I've done some of these sports lists, and I never really leave off the Sandlot, and I always regret it because, I mean, that's a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, especially at the time. That's like sort of fits my age group, especially, I can't remember what year if it came out, what, 90? I think 92. 93 or 94. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked it, definitely for what it was, and just especially... I thought it was pretty cool, especially the commercials. You see, like, the big monstrous dog, and then at the end, they just overplay it, just maybe because it's youthful exaggeration and things like that. Oh, another movie I'm starting to look through, Cobb. It's been a very long time since I've seen Cobb. That was maybe, like, uh, again, that came out when I was 11, so I probably... 94, it says. Yeah, um, back in 94. Back in 94. Um, yeah, I, that's one that, uh, you know, when you're flipping around, like, uh, MLB Network... Um, there are parts of it I've seen, but I haven't watched a full movie, you know. Um, but I guess, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is pretty decent as Ty Cobb, I guess. So, um, what other ones do they have? Um, or Yes or No, um, or, and uh, if you like it, uh, A League of Their Own. Oh, yeah, I like A League of Their Own. That's apparently that whole string from like 90 to 95. Tons of baseball movies came out. I don't know what made that so important, especially the early 90s. Basically, there's a string of movies from 89 to 95. Tons of movies. And we've named most of them. There's a couple others I see on this list that, wow, we hadn't even touched. And that's not even including uh, Major League Two and a few others. Uh, Wanted to go back quickly. We talked about Kelsey Ross was in Major League. He played. Yes. yeah, he was the crafty veteran who used basically like a um, Gaylord Perry type, using all different types of things: Vagisil, Vaseline, Bardol. Uh, use a little jalapeno to to put a little uh, edge on the ball. Are you telling me that Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball? Oh man! Oh gosh! Looking at it, the older I get, man, that movie is a lot better, especially the lines about uh, playing third base, like the Matador. Wesley's nicest, Willie Mays Hayes. I'm surprised they haven't. They've been talking about it for years, doing a follow up to Major League Two since number three does not count. What else do I have? That uh, yeah, we talked about a lot of them. Um, let's see here. You know, one that I also like a lot. Um, have you ever seen Sixty One with uh, you know about the Maris Mantle home yeah. run race with Billy Crystal and uh, the Barry Pepper and. Thomas Jane. That's another one that's really good. Um, that's, a, that's just a good baseball movie. Yeah, and it's just crazy to see what Roger Maris went through, the clump of hair that was falling out and things like that. And I feel like that was a really good way to at least memorialize and remember Roger Maris that 
you know, he went through a lot of stuff, especially because everybody wanted Mickey Mantle to break the record. Yeah. But you look at the statistic anomaly. We always talk about Brady Anderson and his magical 50 <laughs> season. I'm not saying it's steroids. I'm just saying in baseball, yeah. statistical anomalies happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't we have a couple of guys that maybe hit like five or six home runs one year and all of a sudden hit 20 or 30 and then never hit double digits again yeah there's a bunch i mean you just really have that one weird year you know sometimes you can explain it you know i think 87 right it was like a it was kind of a rapid ball year i think and um some you know some of the other ones obviously maybe steroids oriented but let me look at the other list here see uh of other ones um know that like 30 for 30s put out a, a bunch that have been good you know like the one about fernando venezuela um did you know that Josh Dumal played Bill Lee in a movie a couple of years ago? Really? Yeah. That was a funny one, too, because, you know, Josh Dumal is right-handed, and obviously Bill Lee is left-handed. So they did it old school. They shot everything, and they flipped it. So Josh Dumal would pitch right-handed, but his if you read his jersey, it would be backwards, and then they just flipped the shot, so he'd look like he'd be left-handed. Didn't um, Bill Lee actually pitch with, like, a – Spaceman uniform on at one point. I remember seeing that. He did. Was that an exhibition game uh, or a legit game? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. You know, the rookie is a Disney one. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, I can't say I've seen it. I, I, I saw all the trailers for it, but. Yeah. There's a bunch. And, you know, I think I didn't know there's like a there's a documentary on Hank Greenberg. You mentioned, um, what was it? Soul of the Game, which is a good one. Um, you know, I think before we started recording, they listed on Wikipedia, I don't know, it's kind of half and half a baseball movie, uh, The Fan, uh, with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Um, did you ever watch The Babe with John Gilman? I did not, but I heard people just tore that movie apart. <laughs> you mentioned The Scout. Um, Ed is a baseball movie with a monkey. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> that was Enough awful. said about no realism uh, yeah. to it. I mean, the other guy, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, throwing 105 miles per hour. Yeah. Come on, man. I really believe that. Yes. I'll even suspend disbelief and let the monkey play third base, but not throw 105 miles per yeah. hour. You know, I was thinking about when I was looking at this list, I think you and me need to write this or somebody. We need to write a small rec equivalent of um, Kenny Powers, Ace Bounded Down. I think that would be a good movie or series, I think. Because, uh, you know, Earl is the, uh, you know, franchise uh, creator of the time softball team. And, uh, you know, we played and managed uh, for many years on the team. And uh, some wild things happened. <laughs> are we writing it for HBO so, or are we watching it, writing it for network TV? Uh, no, we can do HBO. So uh, it can be pretty wild. Extremely yeah. over the top now. <laughs> <laughs> And we were just talking about, especially HBO and sports series. I don't know if you watched it, but they had it when it was a game where they would do all the black and white footage from like the pre-war, pre-World War II stuff and the early 50s and things like that. And then I think they did their last one, which was right before the 70s kicked in. So you actually saw like some uh, Orioles stuff before it's St. Louis Browns. It's before expansion, the early days of the Mets. And things like that when baseball started to head west and everything that was yeah. a pretty good uh series i don't know where you can find those unless i think my new movie watching device of course is the fire stick yeah sometimes you gotta go out there and find stuff 
And, you know, there's different places where you can find tons of old movies that you really can't find on Netflix or Hulu or other things like that. You know, one thing we did mention, too, uh, I don't know how much you've seen of it. It's obviously, like, many parts. Um, Ken Burns Baseball? Yeah, I. it's been a long time since I actually watched it in Hall. I remember when it first came out, I was just glued to the TV. And I knew they did, what, the uh, that final inning... They did a 10th inning, which I have not seen. And when I start trying to watch it, I just uh, I just never had the chance to finish it. Okay. It's just right. me falling asleep. Right. It's me feeling old and just falling asleep. That's pretty much it. <laughs> what is the worst baseball movie you think you've seen? Uh, well, Major League Three, Back to the Minors. That's yeah. one. Um, <laughs> I never watched Fever Pitch, which apparently went way, way differently from the book. It wasn't even about the same sport. Um, yeah. Let's see, bad baseball movies. There's probably a few there. Uh, I think the other one, too, I can't finish it, but it's on MLB Network occasionally. Summer Cabbage. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? In that case, uh, Ken Diffrey Jr. <laughs> redeems himself, and him being the villain and Little Big League, he takes uh, Freddie Prince Jr. deep at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even watch the whole movie, um, but I just need to deep. I think the other staple of uh, MLB Network's like movie catalog, right, is Mr. Baseball, which I like fine. I have not seen that fully, and again, there's really? a lot of stuff that came out when I was much younger that I hadn't seen, and that I just haven't had the opportunity to see. It's, I have no opinion on the movie, but I mean, I guess it seems pretty. Funny the way everybody talks about it, but Dennis Haysbert's in it. I mean, obviously some of the like fish out of the water, fish out of water, like American Japan stereotypes um, probably don't play as well in 2019. I like how in the beginning and the premise is kind of weird because you know Tom Selleck is the a Yankee slugger and he's quote traded to Japan uh, for this new guy crushing the ball who's played by Frank Thomas, uh, just kind of like in his like. You know, he's just killing it. Uh, Frank Thomas, height of his powers, not Frank Thomas, um, whatever that thing he sells now. Before we get to the Dennis thing, but uh, Frank Thomas, if he's taking stuff that replaces testosterone, make you wonder a little bit. Just if you're taking, if you're trying to replace testosterone, why did it go down so quick? I know he's not that old. He and Jeff Bagwell share the same birthday, but that's a little alarming. But yeah. all of a sudden, you need to replace testosterone. I know it happens among some men, but I don't want to put that out there because he he's naturally big. He's a he's a big guy, so I don't want to use the steroid yeah. thing. But honestly, that is sort of weird. I mean, I guess it's good to say that you know when you get a certain age, you feel like you need to feel young again. Uh, yeah, just sort of like I mean, I'm just saying like it's weird when you hear that. It's definitely not like Raphael Palmero shilling uh, particular things. So yeah. <laughs> you should have used B12 all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what, Rafi Like, if you want to do it, then you know that's fine. And uh, you know, hats off to you because I guess someone's got to do it, and uh, you got paid for it. So you know, do your thing. I liked Mr. Baseball. There's one line I always remember, and it kind of, um, it, it kind of just kind of pre as a precursor of stats because. Uh, you, you know, like I said, Tom Slug's character gets traded to uh, Japan, and he's trying to justify, you know, he's like, I still have it, man. Like, I'm still good. 
And he just comes up with this most inane stat. He's just like, I met the American lead in leadoff doubles in the ninth inning in August. I still got it, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I mean, in baseball movies, I just, you know, it's a good genre. Uh, and it's just entertaining. There's a lot of people. And, again, it's um, because you have 25 people on the baseball team, um, you're getting a lot of young actors who hopefully will end up doing something later on, like we're talking about with McConaughey or Adrian Brody. Uh, Major League, you know, Des Hayes. I mean, there's a bunch of people, obviously. I think Charlie Sheen and Tom Berenger were the biggest folks. Um, oh, Eight Men Out. We forgot Eight Men Out. Wesley Snipes was kind of on. His, yeah, Eight Men Out is a good one. Eight Men Out good. You know, I don't know if you were there. Uh, I mentioned Eight Men Out. Um, to uh, on Twitter just as baseball movies that I like, and I mentioned DB Sweeney who's in that movie, and DB Sweeney like liked and retweeted it, so that was uh, that was kind of neat. <laughs> Is it better than but, having Tay Diggs? Yeah, those are good. Yeah, you know, yes and no. I was really disappointed because I tweeted at Chuck D. I was at the Smithsonian uh, Museum of uh, African American History, and. There is a banner of public enemy on it, and the and like nothing from Chuck D. I was like, oh man, I thought we were friends, Chuck D. I followed you, um, but I mean that's what it is. I don't know what it is about baseball movies that I just uh, I like so much, and maybe the aesthetics of the baseball and the baseball caps, baseball uniform. I'm drawn to, and again, the uniform nerd of me was really impressed. I think the the most accurate one was probably Mr. 3000 because you're two different eras. You know, because Bernie Mac's character, they're basically wearing their period-appropriate uniform at the time, uh, which is like a, a different kind of interlocking B and in the uniforms. And then when they flash forward, uh, you know, it's a, it's a regular uniform. So that's like the small attention to detail appreciated uh, with that movie. And, um, you know, my jersey collection um, has been thinned out some. Just because we're just so many, and you can only wear, you know, one at a time, basically. But two movie jerseys that I have, I have a Bad News Bears jersey with um, Tanner Boyle, right? I think uh, the little scrappy second baseman. And then um, I am like all out. I have the hat, I have the jersey, I have the baseball jacket. I just love the look of that. Baseball movie genre, I will always at least consider it. I won't always watch the movies. I never watched this TV show, and it got canceled after one year. But did you ever see that one in Fox with the female pitcher? Oh, pitch! Yeah, we watched it all the way to the end. I feel like they put it on the did wrong you like night. It? Yeah, I liked it. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't over the top. I mean, she wasn't throwing ninety-seven. She was like throwing in the upper eighties, if that. I mean, it seemed very realistic. I guess sort of a rebirth for Mark Paul Gosseler showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, right. He's like the grizzled catcher, all-star, like, you know, veteran guy. What's his name is in there, right? E from Entourage, right? He was like the team official guy who's kind of a, maybe too slick for his own good. I don't know. I mean, what the, is there any movie that you would like to see that we haven't done yet or any, anyone's story? You know, let me do that list. Uh, a lot of people's stories have been told, maybe not in the last 50 years, but, you know, old-timey movies. Apparently there's a Satchel Page movie, We've been mentioned, you know, Jackie Robinson has a couple of movies. Um, you know, we haven't had one like, I don't know if they're particularly interesting, you know, like Willie Mays or, oh, you know, I haven't seen it yet. Earl, have you seen, you know, Netflix and Lonely Island? They did the unauthorized uh, 
biography of the Bash Brothers. So they're playing Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. Um, you should look at the YouTube clip. I mean, uh, they kind of lean in a lot on the steroids part uh, for humor. It's right, Beastie Boys asked for the music. But you might like it. If you like Lonely Island and um, the opening song, at least the one I saw on YouTube, they're rhyming with Big Mac. They talk about Big Mac and then Fork and then becomes uh, Mork from Mork and Mindy and all this kind of thing. I have to check that out. You know, you talked about Willie Mays. That was going to be one of the people I'd like to see a bio on. A story yeah. on Willie Mays and one on Hank Aaron. We have not seen one on Hank Aaron at all. Yes, both of those guys, definitely. You know, the, the other one, too, um, I was looking, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, there's a movie about um, Ron LaFleur. Do you, I mean, he's before our era. He played in the 70s. Uh, you know, he played for the Expos. But there's a TV movie about him. Went to prison for a while and then, um, you know, covered him and he got out and played for the Tigers and the Expos. And uh, there's, there's a movie played and um, LeVar Burton plays Ron LaFleur. Hmm. Interesting. I can't say I've ever seen it. I just thought of like five people off the top of my head. I'd like to see a Frank Robinson movie. That'd be interesting. I, I'm not sure how far you could go with that or where you could go with that. That would be a good one. Yeah. Denny McClain would be interesting. I mean, if we yes, go to yeah, Scumbags, we might as well pick like Lenny that. Dykstra, too. Lenny Dykstra would probably be one of those guys that I'd be interested in seeing a movie about. A few other things would probably be 30 for 30. Maybe Mitch Williams and Joe Carter. That would be a good 30 for yeah. 30. Or how about, like, Albert Bell, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, Albert Bell, yeah, that's a very interesting one. They actually did, like, on MLB Network, they always do those specials. They did one about Tony Gwynn, and mm. it's crazy. When you see Tony Gwynn Jr., you hear his voice, and it's like, man, you're you're hearing Tony Gwynn, and it's just so mm. crazy. And when you see that movie in a documentary, and it's like, man, it's just seemed like a legit good guy it's not like the perception that we all had about kirby puckett and then you find out oh boy he is not a legit good guy and yeah which is sad because i you know kirby was one of my favorite players but yeah i know there's some interesting ones we're not thinking about ones um there's that one guy too someone wrote a story about him i think um do you remember this guy uh lyman bostock yeah you know what I'm talking about? yeah he got shot uh he was just riding in the car and he got shot and he had like a lot yeah of yeah yeah i like him or um yeah I like mark finrich um i can't even say with a straight face tito martinez but i couldn't even say <laughs> Donnie Moore would be, yeah, Derek Shaw, you know, one of those guys who just, they're interesting. There are a lot of stories out to be told, for sure. Oh, yeah, Bill Buckner. Um, just oh, yeah, the other guy, too, you know, um, yeah, obviously, 42 and the other movie represent Jackie Robinson and him breaking the color barrier, but, like, what about Roberto Mente, right? I mean, especially um, how he passed away suddenly. Um, you know, that would, I think that would be an interesting one. Or, of course, if we didn't mention, too, Pete Rose is another one, probably. Uh, awesome. That would probably be kind of wild. Maybe better as a TV show? I don't know. They did that awful ESPN movie, Hustle, with Tom Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see the one, speaking of ESPN movies, did you ever see the one, uh, Bronx is Burning? I did not watch it. I, I mean, I know they heavily hyped that up. But that would be a very interesting one to see. Um yeah, it's crazy, especially now more, again, you hear some of the other stuff that came out that Reggie Jackson said that uh, that Billy Martin said, especially years later, that he uh, used some very, un, well, 
Especially when you think Billy Martin was the same guy that falls on guys in a bar when they heckled one of his black teammates. That was sort of like, well, that's sort of weird. I don't expect that to happen, but. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of stories to be told, um, you know, with that. Um, maybe there's some sort of like tell-all A-Rod book or A-Rod movie. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. They should have hit the iron while it was hot with the Jose Canseco movie. That would have been very yeah. interesting because, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of stuff. I guess now it's eh, years later and, and those guys are retired and, well, nearly retired because uh, Palmero was still playing at some point. I'm just thinking about probably in kind of our era, you know, like 90s and the 2000s, like who were characters who would make a good movie? You could do one with McGuire um, and, you know, kind of their weird turn. Barry Bonds. Ripken. Um, yeah, Ripken. I don't know. Would the Ripken one be... Would the Ripken... I just, like... Obviously, I like Cal, but what what do you think is interesting about him? Well, just like for ev- a movie? everybody's going to talk about the streak, and that's one. That's one part. Um, people overlook sort of him winning rookie of the year, all that stuff. Really the fallout with him and the Orioles after they fired his dad, that's something that hardly ever gets talked about a lot. Guys thinking that he couldn't stick at shortstop. That I mean, it's little stuff. We can go super over the top and talk about the fictitious Kevin Costner incident. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna mention. Uh yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's like, there's drama, you know, like, you know, the, how the streak, you know, how he kind of blew out his knee during that fight. Was it the Bill Hasselman Mucina fight? I yes, think it, it was. was right? It was. It was that yeah. fight. We could always talk about the strike. And just yeah, that's right. That could be the strike. ending, right? About how, how, he, how he kind of like brought baseball back after the strike. Uh, that would be his arc. Or maybe um, even uh, him hitting the home run at the All Star game. That could be probably either where you yeah. end it or you begin it and just sort of go back with that you know mlb network they're always good with their documentaries they did one about the 94 expos i would like them to go in depth about the 94 strike it's happened 25 years ago and at one point a few years ago it felt like the labor piece is so good but now that both sides are sort of warring with each other again slightly over little things that you know 25 years of labor peace is probably the longest that Major League Baseball went the post-free agency era without lockouts. Yeah. We're talking about why haven't there been more baseball movies done? You know, I think just in talking with you, maybe part of it is just we have become kind of rich with all these really decent and good baseball documentaries, you know, 30 for 30 and some of these other things, and that's kind of sucked up the market, right? There's no, like, why watch a fictional version when you can just watch a really good documentary from 30 from 30? Um, and, uh, you know, you don't have to experience um, some some actor poorly throwing a baseball <laughs> when the, you can just watch uh, footage. Oh, yeah, and it's true. But I sometimes wonder that 30 for 30 only covers like a certain period. There's a need for a Kurt Flood movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be a good one, too. That, that would be a good one, too. I'm just thinking like, yeah, what other, what other ones... Um, what other ones could you do that are that are interesting? Um, you know, there's probably a documentary about like um, Dale Nomo or Ichiro. You know, the guys who are you know kind of the pioneers of the you know uh, for Japanese players coming here. Um, we mentioned like 
Clemente and you know maybe some of the you know main Latin players who kind of uh, blazed the trail as well, um, but just kind of aren't as well known. Um, and you know, uh, you know, we haven't really had um, some of these larger life figures like Ted Williams, right? I mean, Ted Williams, uh, kind of. I know that part of the natural is kind of based on him. But, I mean, you can go into him being a fighter pilot in the Korean War and being wingman to, um, I think it was John Glenn, right? I don't know. One of the one of the astronauts. Um, you know, things like that. It's, you know, and his ending um, is kind of a thing. So. Yeah, I was going to say, even though he's not like a big name player, his personality, a Tug McGraw story. Yeah. yeah. Tug McGraw would be good. Um and uh, I, I just like who else? I mean, like some baseball players are kind of bland, or most baseball players are kind of bland. So it's just like which, which ones? Because I don't, you know, I'm just thinking like who is the who are the rock stars? You know, you know, Joe Namath. It kind of exemplifies the NFL right in the '70s, right, the fur coats and all that stuff. And um, but like who is the who is like the who is like the outsized baseball player? Um, you know, most of these guys just kind of are very quiet. They, you know, they do it with this quiet determination. But who are the guys who are just like... I mean, other than like Ozzy um, Smith, who's probably, you know, just think of Ozzy Smith. But really, there wasn't really much that went on with him that would merit a movie unless you want to do one about... Oh, a good Tony La Russa bio would be good because apparently he's nuked so many bridges with people. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be a good one. Uh, that would be interesting. Um you know, things to explore, right? You know, I, I was just like, who, like, who else has a good story? I mean, some are more like Hallmark, Disney esque. I mean, like, you know, kind of overcome cancer, become you know uh, successful baseball players, like what John Lester, Anthony Rizzo, uh, those folks. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just. Um, there are a lot of good stories that are being told out there, but they're just being through documentaries. Um, Speedation has a really good, you know, their videos on YouTube are very good. They do a thing that's like, they basically kind of uh, do little hits on, like, the downfalls of teams, like, you know, the Marlins up collapse. and downs. Yeah, um, I watch the, the collapse ones all the time. Oh, collapse, that's right, yeah. Um, beef history. Well, good, beef history, yeah. Which is not exclusive to baseball. <laughs> But beef is always watching beef history, you know. Um, uh, there's like there ones that I don't even know. They, I think they've got some obscure ones, right? Did you ever, did you see the one with uh, is it Jose Mesa and Omar Vizquel? Did you ever see that one? Oh yeah, I always knew about that. Uh, he said he was going <laughs> to hit him every time that he came up to the plate. I, I always remember right yeah. after that when when the book came out. It's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be interesting. And he <laughs> kept his word. He kept his word. He did not go against it until like the end of his career. Is like, okay, I'm done. This is over. The one those two, um, the Mariners from 2001, right? And how they just never went over the top despite having all the Hall of Famers and the you know that that season where they had all the regular season wins. And then uh, yeah, the Jose Mesa, Omar Vizquel one. Right, they did one on A Rod and Jeter, right? That's, oh yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's one. history. Uh, they did one on the Marlins. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to stay away from the non-baseball ones because there's plenty of those that we can talk about. I'm surprised that there's so few baseball ones. The other ones veer towards the NFL and the NBA, and occasionally hockey. The I'm Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds. Oh yeah, that one just came out. That one just came out. Thurman Munson and uh, Carlton Fisk. 
Oh, yeah. That one, uh, Pedro and Mike Piazza, I guess, have a beef. Yeah, so. I salute to US Nation for beef history because uh, it's very enjoyable. I'm waiting for Bo yeah. Jackson, Deion Sanders. That's got to happen. Yeah, I remember he wasn't very complimentary of Deion. He basically he was just, I think literally the quote was to say his crackers don't really fit well or something like that. He just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, whatever the expression is, but. Yeah, I don't really see one. I mean, this one might be a little broad, but because it, it encompasses multiple sports, but eventually you do a Baltimore versus Pittsburgh one, saying that these teams face yeah. each other multiple times in multiple sports for championships and things like that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. I don't know what the future holds for this. And, you know, I mean, like I said, the good part is that, I mean, we're getting baseball content. It's not necessarily from movies. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else what we would want to see. I feel like, I mean, I know they did some documentaries on those A's of the 70s on MLB Network. Yeah. There was this documentary back in the like mid-90s on ESPN that when they were sort of in that kitschy phase. They did stuff on really the like bad blood between pitchers and, and, and hitters. They were just talking about different stories and things like that. I remember Mike Flanagan was on it. And he said his grandfather mm-hmm. used to have like in his basement this thing that made this like resin stuff that he would use to make artificial spitballs that he would use that he gave to to Mike Flanagan. Uh, they talk about a story where one time um, I think when Reggie Jackson was with the Orioles, a pitcher hit him straight square in the face and broke his glasses. I think they talk about that massive fight involving. Juan Marichal and Roberto Clemente, where Roberto Clemente is going to hit somebody with a bat. There's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, ESPN was so different back then when they did some of their things. There's a lot of stuff that they don't do well now, but the 30 for 30 is among them. Ah, yes. Just trying to think. They really haven't done that many other baseball-related movies because everything else sort of is... I guess centric towards basketball and football, they're big money revenue sports. I do like the classy way, going back to Naked Gun, that when Leslie Nielsen died, they did the obituary for Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. You know, again, I just wanted to talk to you about baseball movies because it's, it's the season, and, um, you know, it's just there. there's still some good ones out there, and I think between the two of us, I think we just shared a bunch of movies that neither you have I have seen, or just ones that we, you know, that you like that I haven't seen, and vice versa. So a lot, there's still a lot to go on. Hopefully, I'll be enough to kind of occupy us. You know, which is very underrated, uh, baseball television sports team, the MLB on CBS team. It's a really stealthy good one that they use for their college baseball coverage on CBS Sports Network and on CBS. And that, and I think, what, NBC's baseball coverage game of the week, that was a pretty good one that they used in the late, mid to late 80s, early 90s, before they bowed out of baseball on television. Yeah, I mean, the Baseball Tonight theme is is pretty solid. Of course, um, I will always say that, uh, I think it's what, Gathering Crowds, which is the end theme to This Week in Baseball. That's always been, and uh, I didn't know, like, this week in baseball, the, the opening theme is, what what game show is that again? Uh, jackpot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, the kind of majesticness of um, gathering crowds, the end theme for uh, this week in baseball, which, that's still on, right? I don't know. It's like, I don't know who, they that's canceled like a product it. of a bygone era. 
Yeah, they canceled yeah. it years ago before they started doing this whole MLB players poll thing on oh, the MLB okay. Network. Uh, since I cut the cord, I really don't watch MLB Network as much yeah. anymore. That's one thing I did miss when we got rid of cable. But, I mean, there's still ways to watch it. I don't know. The cool thing about being a season ticket holder this year, they've given all Oriole fans complimentary MLB TV. Oh, nice. I have the radio app, and I, I listen to that, and I still love, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had it for a couple of years now. But, um, yeah, the TV one uh, is different. So I think you would really appreciate this. There is a wrestling channel on YouTube called Wrestling With Regret, all W's, where they okay. look back at all types of wrestling movies, some of them, like, ridiculously over the top and campy, and he just goes through it. And there was even a 1980s TV show on pro wrestling called Learning the Ropes with Lyle Alzado, where he is a teacher, <laughs> full-fledged teacher, and his, he moonlights as a pro wrestler. But they use some of the legit pro wrestlers. That just sounds like a premise for like, you know, like it's a movie, it's a sitcom within a sitcom. They're like, you know, like learning the ropes. Like what if you did this sitcom? We'll call it learning the ropes and you're substitute teacher by day and then pro wrestler by night. I'm like, okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah, that smells like 1980s printing money, enough money to snore cocaine, just like the 1980s was. (laughs) That's basically all it was. And, I mean, they used legit real wrestlers from, like, the NWA back then. So, like, the Road Warriors, I think Sting. But, yeah, I'll have to send you those links just to let you know about those. Because, yeah, it's very interesting. They just got a whole list of movies. And some of them are, like, super stupid. And some of them are, like, over-the-top hokey, too. Like, there's this one movie about this kid that wants to be a high school wrestler, a collegiate wrestler. John Cena's in it. Danny Glover's in it. Um, Yeah, Yeah, and it was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I didn't even watch it. I don't even... There are just so many reviews. I don't even think they reviewed The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, but there's, like, plenty of other things. And it just... When you look at it, it's like, oh, boy... This is either yeah. not accurate to pro wrestling. This is ridiculously bad. Yeah. And, and and most of the time, pro wrestling movies are super low budget. Yeah. Just to circle back with our conversation, um, did you know that uh, what's Bret Hart's uh, catchphrase? The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And what's that from? The Natural. Oh, really? I'll be damned. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been the part a baseball I movie. See. A baseball movie that we talked about. So boom brought it back full circle all right so we're here we're joined by some special guests uh earl and steph um earl runs his own podcast as you know he's probably in fact he's owe a lot to him and um how arth was set up really from um sports refuse blog which is uh earl's so uh what's up man oh not too much thank you guys for having us on here um it's great to talk a little bit of movies with you guys like i always Constantly, I'm texting you when I'm listening to your episode, yeah. just yeah. sort of little nuggets that yeah. I think, oh man, I just thought about this. Like when you guys were talking about, yeah. oh, it was one Tom Hanks movie. I just texted you, hey, Lady Killers. That's a really oh, yeah. good Tom yeah. Hanks role. I love Lady Killers. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we've had some crossovers before, but it's it's good just to, you know just have an old fashioned Earl sitting right next to us uh, kind of session. But um, I'm just curious to see like. Uh, your take, you know, summer's over. I know you've seen a bunch of movies. You listen, like, do you have any? any do you have any favorites? Do you, you see anything? Um, yeah, I think really something that I like. In addition, everybody's going to say Avengers. Endgame. Sure. Yeah, and I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Shazam. Shazam. I really Shazam like Shazam. Very good. Uh, someone made the perfect analogy. Big. It is As big. a superhero movie. It is, yeah. And I can't think of anything else that would best describe that. And, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of the year in addition to Avengers Endgame. And I'll admit, I haven't been out to the movies as much yeah. as we've wanted to. Just, you know, life happens. Things, sure. We get busy working a couple of jobs. So, um, yeah, I think... That's probably up on the top two on my list of movies we've seen so far. There's movies that I was interested in seeing and found out they weren't so good. You know, we'll, we'll leave Dark Phoenix there. there. <laughs> yeah. I only heard... That is a terrible movie. Yeah, it's like, so you do, you do Days of Future Past to erase the badness of the previous Dark Phoenix movie just to do another Dark Phoenix movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, apparently no one's learned anything from it. No. <laughs> and, to side note to Avengers Endgame and uh, Age of Apocalypse, Scarlet Witch does a better Jean Grey impersonation in Endgame to Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Basically, she pulled the same thing that uh, Jean Grey pulled on uh, Apocalypse and Age of Apocalypse where she just sort of goes berserk and starts... Yeah. You know, you know, it's a, it is a spoiler, even though it's been out for almost seven oh, months. Spoil away. <laughs> seven, eight. Well, whatever. It's out of the theaters, and no one saw it anyway. So. Did you ever see Fighting With My Family? I did not. Um, I know you guys talk about that a lot. I'm tapping into your... Apprehensive to it. I'm tapping into your wrestling. Yeah, you know, I have not seen it. It looks like it's a fairly solid movie, especially, you know, it's a polar opposite of something like The Wrestler, and... Much better than a lot of the other campier wrestling movies from days gone by, yeah. which have been so awful. Like, I always talk about Body Slam with Roddy Piper, R.I.P., yeah. and <laughs> the Tonga Kid, and Captain Lou Albano, another R.I.P. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I think outside of the only other entertainment field outside of Hollywood where you see so many people die is pro wrestling, which is yeah. another sad, morbid fact, but that's a different time. It's like so many people pass through uh, in that career. But, yeah, I, think, I haven't seen it, but I heard good reviews and, you know, not too bad. Yeah, I'm interested to get your take. You know, Brad is famously very leery about wrestling. I mean, like, if a wrestler isn't a movie, he's he's very inclined not Especially to see John it Singer. on general <laughs> on general <laughs> principle. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> what do you think? I mean, like, obviously, like, you, you didn't want to see the Fast and Furious movies because it had The Rock. It was a double punch. It was like Hopkinshaw had that and Roman Reigns. So he's like, no. <laughs> Stuber, he didn't want to see because that had Batista. Like that and, was going to be funny. That I mean, like it, it's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> did you see, see Hopkinshaw? No, I have not yeah. seen it yet. That's, that's a, a great, sort of great action movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you, I mean, what's your take on that, on the wrestler come actor? It feels like this, especially some professional wrestlers have a scripted background, so where they're always constantly used to reciting scripts, Mm -hmm. whether they can, they're allowed to emote feeling, and when they do that stuff, it all depends. Some people, it transitions well. We can always go back to the patron state of wrestlers in bad movies, Hulk Hogan, where, you know, he was really the first to try to break that mold of, yeah. you know, just being in, just wrestling, and you know, we look at Santa with Muscles, Suburban Commando, uh, I haven't seen any of these movies. The best thing he's been in is probably Rocky Yeah, III. that's the only thing oh, I've yeah. ever seen him in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, aside <laughs> from the disasters of Three Ninjas, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, High Noon at Mega Mountain, and... Have you uh, seen these movies? <laughs> yes, I have seen it. Oh, I'm trying to think the one with Sherman Helmsley. Oh, Mr. Nanny, that's Oh, that's it. right. With, with Sherman Helmsley, and I believe the Buster, Buster Poindexter. <laughs> which is the one... Which is the one that's famous where there's a scene where they just <clears throat> casually 
have a somebody in the background throwing a dog in a river. <laughs> I, I, it's a I mean, it's, I, I think it might be suburban. Know, it's either suburban. It might be commando, suburban commando. But they're just like they were filming it, and you know, like Hulk Hogan is like bicycling, whatever. And a lot, a, in the somebody, background, somebody not in, in the, the background, this. there's just a person okay. who's just throwing a dog oh, in the God. river. I don't know what's happening. The dog is alive. Did it stay in the movie? Yes. Wow. If you go on YouTube, if you go on YouTube, it's there. If I wasn't using my phone right now, I'd, oh I'd, I'd pull it up. But there whatever. are, and honestly, there are a lot of bad wrestling theme movies as well. This is one thing I always like telling people. There's one wrestling channel I watch. They always do movie wrestling reviews called yeah. Wrestling with Regret. Yeah. All W. So yeah, and they go do some of the most ridiculous, pointless wrestling theme movies or movie starring wrestlers, and there are a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Well, um, what movie? We'll flip it on its head. What movie? Did you watch? Were you like, this is garbage, and I don't. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. This year, I wonder. Trying to think of the movies we watched. I mean, most so. most of us are pretty selective. I mean, we we kind of any if it if it kind of stinks if it has any whiff of like so being you, bad. You didn't, you kind of you avoid didn't it. see Hellboy, did you? No, I heard your reviews, and it sounds like nobody it's saw. Terrible. I'm still well, Brad, I'm still mad. Brad, Brad and I, I made Ben go see it. It's so bad. I am still every time. I am still angry about that. I will always. I will forever hold that against I, you guys. I don't have a lot of movies this year that I've seen like eh, yeah. that's awful. Um, now I have a bunch of all-time movies where I'm like, man, I can't believe I yeah. either wasted money or wasted a free pass on the movie. And I think Ben would know what I'm talking about, the free pass. I'm talking oh, about yeah, yeah, next, yeah. Day yeah. <laughs> next Day Air. Next Day Air. Next Day Air. They made it sort of like a heist, funny, you know, stupid type of maybe. You mean they tried to make like, it. Ta- maybe you yeah. thought it was going to be like Tower Heist type yeah. thing. Yeah, you have Donald Faison. You have a whole bunch of other guys in there. Worst thing ever. I will never, I will never, I, I felt so disappointed I wasted my free pass on that. What, um, do you have any movies that you guys are looking forward to? You know, we're, Keith and I were just talking about the, the joke, the second Joker trailer came out and looks good. And oh, yeah. They just gave that, the early reviews have already given like 17 thumbs up. I mean, you know. I mean, that looks interesting. I mean, of course Star Wars is to figure out sure. how they're going yes. to tie this all together because you know, there's this conspiracy. Oh, they were trying to soft reboot. They were doing a soft reboot the whole time, just yeah. killing everybody off. Yeah. But, yeah, Star Wars is definitely one of them. I felt like I'm running a little blank on the calendar of everything else that's coming out. Joker looks interesting. Oh. You guys excited about the Mr. Rogers movie? Oh, yeah. I think that'll be very interesting. Yeah. It's like everything involving Mr. Rogers. It's like... Did you see the documentary last year? So there was two versions. There's one. There's one that came straight on PBS, which we saw. I didn't see. Won't you be my neighbor? The one that they that That's everybody the else did. No. Yeah, that, I didn't see the theater one. But I mean, I assume it's very similar. Probably a little more in depth. It's like honestly, this is probably the most, the closest thing you can get to a living saint. Yeah. You know, and you, everybody sort of scarily wonders: Is there something there? The other shoe's gonna drop, and it's like, please don't, don't kill this illusion of, of yeah, Mr. seriously. <laughs> Um, that would be something. Yeah, the way they say that in the trailer, right? The reporter's wife or girlfriend says, like, don't don't ruin my childhood for me, please. You know? Yeah. yeah. So. Especially nowadays where you have so many yeah. childhood ruining moments. I think that's what, um, I think it's going to win a bunch of awards just because I think it's kind of the movie that we need right now, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so. In a very, uh, I guess, to be honest, a toxic environment, a toxic society. Yeah, definitely we need something like this to look this up. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, the only thing they can do is like a Bob Ross movie. And a, Bob you know, Ross. They were talking about the Holy Trinity. Bob Tom Ross, Hanks is Bob Ross. Bob Ross, <laughs> Steve Irwin, and, and Mr. Rogers. I thought you were going to say Steve Urkel for a second. <laughs> they, they could team up. You know? <laughs> uh, they were talking about the, 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 there's this meme on, on YouTube, on Facebook. You know, the start of the cinematic universe at the end of the Mr. Rogers movie is just Bob Ross. And then somebody's like... Hey, everybody forgetting LeVar Burton. Yeah. How are you guys forgetting LeVar yeah. Burton? That man single-handedly taught a lot of people to read. He did. Yeah. <laughs> but there's another irony behind that, but I'll leave that for all for all tape. All right, man. Well, uh, you know, we just... Uh... And you were in town. We wanted to see you, get your thoughts and get your uh, thoughts on some things. But I don't know anything else. Um, you want to go ahead and plug? Uh, oh, oh yeah. Plugs in. Well, definitely one thing I'll recommend. While we all know that uh, that media and seeing accessing entertainment is changing, you know, a lot of yeah. people mm-hmm. tend to use different channels, you know, fire sticks and things sure. like that. Not going to the movie. I feel like. Especially with the new streaming revolution that's coming out, I think that's a, going to be a very interesting way to catch things that you sure. normally wouldn't see in theaters or don't have the time to catch. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge, and you know, other people may just see that as slang for pirate, pirate, pirate. Yeah. But that's not always. <laughs> yeah. That's not always again uh, true. But but <laughs> um, but yeah, I say yeah. That is like you know, try to find different ways to watch movies when you can because that's. You know, nobody likes. Not everybody likes going to the theaters. Not, not everybody has the accessibility to go to theaters a lot. But you know. Yeah, you know, I was, I was to that. Just to that, like I was, our our core. You know, your former co-worker, but we all work with Carlos, and we we're talking about how the movies come out so quick now. Did you know Endgame came out on April 29th or something like that, and it was out on digital by the 15th or the 30th or something of July. Um, you know, back in the day, I remember like I saw the I saw. The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage, and um, when it came out, and I had to wait a year later for the VHS to to come out <laughs> so I could get it. A year later, uh, so times have changed. Times have changed. Mm-hmm. Three months, you're just waiting. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Most of the time, you just sort of wait. You know when you you know when the movie's coming out on on DVD or streaming, just because you know Honest Trailers is already up and telling yeah, you yeah. what to look forward to, which I think that's another thing. I think nowadays, especially with the internet and YouTube, criticism of movies and other types of media, that's something interesting. And I always, the thing, one thing I do like about this podcast (coughs) is that there is an idea, you know, movie critics, criticism, any art form, it's subjective sometimes. Everybody has their own opinion. Like I said, you may like something, you might not like it, and it might be the other way around. And I think that's the the great thing about it. It's the old saying of, like, I know what art is when I see it. You know, everybody yeah. has their own opinion, and I like that. I know it sounds like it's a lot of grandstanding and empty platitudes, but I think that's the cool thing about this show, and, you know, you guys definitely got to check it out. Um, so how about your show? What's the... Uh, uh, sports Refuge. Yeah. Man, we have a lot of things coming up. I'm trying to, to stockpile a lot of stuff as things come around. The biggest thing I want to do with the podcast is just to talk to people about connections to sports, not always talk about hot takes, which everybody and their mother does that now. It's like... Not everybody cares. I mean, I I feel like the older I get as a sports fan, my scope of sports is sort of narrowed. It's just a little more. It's narrowed. I like I said, I only focus on the Orioles, the Wizards, the Capitals, and uh, the Redskins, which is easy to forget. But I think yeah, the older you get, it's like sometimes you, your your scope narrows, and I feel like that's it. Everybody has a, a story, and that's one thing from years of journalism. The only thing everybody has a story to tell. And that's the best thing about it because 
something may not really relate to you, but it's an interesting story nonetheless. I had one story where I talked to someone who did a search in between talking about his connection to sports. We talked about a search for his late father's family. He hadn't seen them in like almost two decades. And he went through that, and it's like, I think that's the cool thing about it. It goes beyond sports, and it goes beyond the headlines, because we all know headlines. <clears throat> just like, old, if you look at a Johnny Carson episode, the humor, topical, stuff like that, it doesn't matter in hell in a week or so. Yeah. So, I mean. That's what I like about your podcast, because it's very evergreen. You know, um, I can fire up an episode, and I'm not really worried. You know, we're not really making, you're not really making predictions or whatever. I mean, you know, if you did an episode about Andrew Luck retiring, I mean, you know, that's great for that week, but if I'm looking a month from now, I don't know if I'm going to really necessarily listen to it again. But, I mean, because you're doing interviews with specific people and their stories, um, it, you know, it keeps a lot longer. It's not, you know, you can go back and listen to it and it doesn't feel dated at all. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, especially when it comes to podcasts now, if you're not learning something... It, that's the biggest thing. People like learning something new. And I feel like learning stuff about the movies and little, the facts that you guys put in here, I think that's a good thing for people as well. I mean, I had a point where my phone wasn't working properly. It took me a while to finally catch up with all your stuff, but it still seemed fresh. Yeah. It still felt fresh. And like I said, everybody has a favorite movie. You know, ask everybody what their favorite movie. They'll, it's a movie they'll go watch, even if it's 30, 30, 40, 20 years old, they'll still go back and watch it. And I feel like it feels like a VHS. Sometimes you just pop the VHS in and play it again. I hope you enjoyed this deep dive with the host of the Movies and a Meal podcast. As always, if you know someone who might enjoy this episode or any other previous episodes, please feel free to share. To catch up with the Movies and a Meal crew, you can find them on Twitter at Movies and a. Or you can email them at moviesandamealog at gmail.com. Next time, my guest will be Bree Jackson, White House correspondent for Nextstar Media. We'll discuss what it's like covering the going-ons at the White House, as well as her career playing college basketball at the University of Maryland and her foray into running. You can find a link to this and other episodes on the Sports Refuge website, or you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, or wherever else podcasts are heard. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge Podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.